3: Thank you and thank you. Hello again, fellow basement dwellers. This is your good friend Patrick O'Dowd welcoming you into another edition of Bandwagon Nerds. Bandwagon Nerds is, of course, brought to you by the Chairshot Radio Network on the Chairshot.com, where we remind you to always use your head. The Chairshot.com.
4: Always use your head.
3: Be sure to like, follow, subscribe, whatever it is you need to do to keep us in your newsfeed on whatever podcasting platform you choose to listen to—Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Bumblefarts, whatever it's called. You make sure you catch it, Raymond, You—you've you've got Bumblefarts. Sure, you do. I do, I, I do now. I'm gonna invent it and get rich. We'll look up parts. By the way, happy. We got a full bandwagon. We got Mister Saturday IPC Tony. We've got the Reverend Raymond S. Cashington, the 33rd. We cut back. You know, we had yeah, to call. The line got. There was pruned. a lot of pruning. The line got there was a lot of pruning that took place, and we'll, we'll talk about that later. The lawyer David Ungar, you heard his voice there as well. All of us are, are here. It's going to be a a fairly Marvel heavy uh, show today. I um, oh I messed up the rundown. Oh wow. Oh no. Oh. there'll be a commercial break after the trailer park. And, uh, don't you worry. But uh,
0: you've ratted yourself we, out. No one else knew? What's that you've ratted yourself out? No one else knew.
3: Oh, I'm I'm fine with that. I am a full transparency, full disclosure podcast host. You know, like when when Ray and I get salty with each other. Got to, got to share with the world, even though Ray and I are still friends.
4: We'll ain't, still no fight. Ain't, no, ain't no saltiness. Y'all just like to... No, no, no. Over... You're, oh, no, no you're not as salty as Tunny, though. That's, that's No, no, yes. Sort yes. Tunny, yes. get all salty. I get,
3: like, this passive-aggressive uh, DM in the morning. We're going to talk about this on the show because somebody <laughs> one, one time well doesn't it. send a rundown well, the night before. hell after it. What do I got to do? I'm just saying your LOL was filled with spite,
0: sir. You you, you started the snarkiness in your own mind
3: when no, you no no somebody when wanted you, a pot somebody wanted a rundown for his breakfast. See on Saturday. Well, when don't we have hockey talk? And I'm like, fuck you, motherfucker! I'm just trying to work the schedule out. Yeah, we usually tell you, hey, by the way, Tony, there will be no hockey talk next week. Just gonna get it out there now because we gotta grant we gotta bow to the grand booba of so the ChairShot Net radio network. People for those Flintstones you, fans out there, you know what I'm talking thank about.
0: You for letting me know that you were doing hockey talk, it's such a great show. You do a great job. I appreciate you so much, Patrick. Thank Dave,
3: you. Dave told me uh, apparently people actually listen
0: to it. I didn't the only reason that. I give you a hard time when I don't get your rundowns, Patrick, is because I love them so much. Okay, you can't fault me for that.
3: I mean, I can because it's kind of yeah. how this show works, man. Like, have can you not listened sh- to the podcast after we've recorded it? Can P- we give Pat- a
4: shout out to Grant- Grand Grand though? My God, thank you. Shout you- out, yeah. you-, you had more. You had more. Uh, I'm, I'm just not- saying, I haven't heard Grand Poopa in I- forever. I got four or five much. other shows this week I can talk on.
3: I got four or five other shows to do this week. I don't know, Ray. I
0: think I thought you were being salty before, but I think Patrick's just in a mood today.
3: <laughs> i have, I'm in a mood to talk. We're so. Let's yeah, we're gonna we're gonna talk about the season finale of Loki season two. I'm gonna get really salty later when we talk about the Marvel because I I got some some thoughts and some problems with some folks out there in the world. We had I'm, uh, one, we of, had I'm a, one
5: of them, but that's all right.
3: I'm not I, I'm not mad at you. I'm I'm intrigued to hear. So we'll we'll get into this part now. Myself, Tony, and Ray, all four of us went and saw the Marvels. Myself, Tony, and Ray came out with the. I thoroughly enjoyed this movie. Dave gave the Patrick O'Dowd kiss of death, said it's fine, which we all know is code on this show. You don't say something's fine without loading it up on the back end. So I I just uh, I'm I'm interested, Dave, to hear where we diverge. Is this like when a Canadian scores a game winning goal and gets a gold medal in the Olympics? disagreement. I don't think it's
5: going to be that hefty or important of a distinction. That's
3: fair. I will say this. The little O'Dowd, he's not going to make it for the show today. He's uh, otherwise indisposed by YouTube uh, on his Kindle. You turned him him on to Earthworm Jim, too, Pat. I did. I punished him because we we talked about this when recording Hockey Talk, about what video games were like when we were in our, our youth and how you had three lives, three continues, and that was the game. Like that was kind of the game. Like if you, unless you had the contra code on contra, and then you got ninety lives. But then, and so most people could beat the game because they had ninety lives. But like we didn't have things like health bars.
4: We didn't. We didn't have things like or saves. You, you couldn't saves. save the game. You had to pause it and come back the next day.
0: Right. That, well, we. I remember getting PlayStation and then having the memory card. And you're like, oh my cards. god! I can go by my buddies and we can share it. You know.
3: Well. And we talked about this little factoid when we recorded Hockey Talk. You all know the first video game that allowed you to save your progress Any game.
4: Dave already knows
3: the answer, so he can't answer it's,
4: that. It's got to be a Mario game, I'd imagine. It's a Super, Super Nintendo? Mario. Nope. Nope. <laughs> regular console.
3: Nintendo. First console with game that you could save your progress. With a code, you mean? Nope. On regular Nintendo, Jason? On regular Nintendo? Nope. Yep. What game? When? How? The Legend of Zelda. Legend ah. of Zelda, you can save your progress. And if you uh-huh. recall,
0: oh yeah, can, and
3: this was the joke I made. All all games that had that save metric because, like, the Legend of Zelda had it, Dragon Warrior had it, like RPGs started having. The original Final Fantasy had it. That makes sense. Um, did but the, mobile, the rule was, yeah, Super Tech, tech mobile. mobile did not. Tech Mobile had codes. Oh, yeah. Um, but the rule was that in order, like, it would put up this screen before you turned off the Nintendo, and it would be like, "Don't forget to hold reset." when you turn the power off and it was like this really like, what do I, what if I forget? Here's the secret. Nothing. It usually saved. Like it usually saved, but people were really paranoid about that. Right, right up there with the flashing blue screen and you just blow on the connectors and make it worse. Um, I, Dave, you'll be proud of this. This show did have some after effects on the little O'Dowd to this week because he happened to catch the trailer for, um, the Ryan Gosling movie uh, that I'm forgetting the name. Fall of guy. Now. Fall guy uh and he now uh is mildly obsessed with banjo and <laughs> so when him. i was when i Good was a for kid, him and, and here's the thing is i as a kid slippery When wet in new jersey were my jams i had both of those albums and so i was like oh you like this check out this check out this his mom is so angry with me right now because that kid keeps walking into rooms being like shut through the heart and i'm like yeah dude Tell him, rock him to rock on it's like hey mom
0: Tommy used to work on the dock. You knew yeah. one strike down at <laughs> his you didn't want to strike, man. Wait till she so,
5: tries to give him like some cold medicine this year. Your
3: love is like bad medicine. Oh, we did. Yeah. We listened to Bad Medicine all the way from away home from Five Guys today. Um, yeah, it was, oh yeah, oh gee, it, it's been so funny. Uh yeah, we we I've ruined the little doubt. So anyway, oh and ne-
5: next week you guys will have to let me know what you thought of the new theme music for the season premiere that welcome to the fifth year of bandwagon nerds guys
3: i know i, I look forward to listening to it when, when we play it out yeah it's season season four we're all on season four or we we're just on, finished this is four. we finished season four this, this is season five. season five we're in season five this is year five i will say it here on this show 52 weeks from today we will do something special i will not no sell five years of bandwagon Nerd. that seems legit Especially that seems when we like thought... something i need to to embrace.
5: Especially when we thought, yeah, maybe five
0: episodes.
3: This thing will last five episodes. <laughs> probably
0: coincide with two fifty-ish.
3: Yeah, but I, I personally, I feel like the year milestone is bigger than the episode milestone. If that makes sense, I don't know. It's just kind of the way. Maybe six and one half done the other. Uh, oh, as it is, like,
4: you know, kind of like winning a world championship, oh, it was good to just uh, say, uh, kind of like Stanley over, had a really big week. Hey, guys, <laughs> <laughs> the petty is strong today, ladies and gentlemen. The petty okay. is strong,
3: the Petty is strong. <laughs> and let's sure. okay, let's, let's get to it. We, you know, as much as it, we're gonna have to say this a couple of times, by the way, guys, and that really hurts me to have to admit, but Tony was right, and uh, so we will we gotta say that again later on in the show and look at him trying to hold a straight face acting like he's not all smug behind that little wisconsin face fucking told you so oh what what happened
0: what happened was i told you so
3: anyway let's get to some marvel let's
0: let's let's talk uh sad. let's talk
3: Loki. sad. Funny, you're your two times being right doesn't preclude all the other times you've been completely wrong so just saying wow
0: i can't wait to be like patrick you're so right about that but remember that other thing you were totally fucking wrong about
3: <laughs> but but we know this that patrick's never actually wrong like that's why I have this sound bite and you don't like I can play wrong, this wrong wrong because I'm always right wrong 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 that's right I shoe wrong that you're wrong, soundbite, and just because young. I could. And since we're talking about times Patrick O'Dowd was right, when how many times did I tell you all about time looping in Loki season two? Because I was right. We time looped the shit out of this last episode as Loki tries to figure out once he knows how to time slip and can go back and forth in time as he tries to figure out a way to save all of the multiverses in this finale. And I I actually don't know where to start with talking about this episode, other than I feel like I need to go back and watch the finale of the first season because the the thing that was the most jarring to me was his conversations with He Who He Who Remains and being like, Was He Who Remains at the end of season one the same sort of cocky douchebag that Jonathan Majors was? At the end of season two, like, am I not remembering it the same way? It see, it felt like he was a little different, and I don't know if that was my imagination or if I was right. Ray, you're you're shaking your head. So what's up?
4: He was because he. This was the first time anybody had found him, so there was a yeah. level of shock and a level of respect. At this time, and the the hilarity of the, the the one funny thing of the whole situation was he kept saying every time he got killed in the time loop, "See you soon," um, yep. because, and that's when he finally was like, "Look." I've been here the whole time, bro. Like, so we can cut all these pleasantries away. We could talk business. And that's when you saw the real he who remains and the smugness. But, you know, I think he, at first he was kind of playing the game and trying to let them decide their fate, even though he had already decided it for him. So I think that's what that where that came from. But you're right. There was a little bit of a difference. Dave.
3: What about, what, do, what say you, what did you think of, um, yeah, I think he who remains mm, at the end in that, that whole conversation. I think it was, just, Attent, Attent.
5: I think it was just kind of different, you know, because, cause Loki being there and, and, and he, who remains kind of didn't, he didn't look at Loki the same way he looked at him in season one, which is like, we're raised saying, oh, they found me. I got to treat them with some sort of level of sort of respect here. He almost kind of like starts talking to Loki as like, okay. So you can manipulate time, you can rewind, you can go wherever you want. Let me talk to you as more of an equal and kind of clue you in as to what's going on rather than kind of being, you know, uh, superioristic or something like that. So I felt like he looked at Loki differently because like, okay, so you have figured this stuff out and now you're kind of like what I can do. Let me really like saying, Let me clue you in as to what's really going on here. And that it's like the light comes on for Loki and he finally realizes this is what I need to do in order to solve this mm-hmm. because he remains like, you can't, you can't stop this. There's no way to stop this. Everything is about protecting the sacred timeline. And that's kind of where things end up at the end. That's, that's how and I felt.
4: Th- and well, it's kind of beautiful because a guy who was so willing to destroy worlds and, and, and universes to get what he wanted as whim couldn't kill one person to save the world, save the universe to save time. He could not kill Sylvie. I think that was a right. very beautiful distinction from when we first met Loki to the end.
3: Yeah, this this uh episode I it was really and we'll get into this when we talk about Tom Hiddleston in general a little bit, very much was a culmination of, of a Loki character art that started for uh and, and what and who he cared about. And so to see that come come to into play and and we'll talk about it, you know, in the context of the MCU in a second. Tony, get in there. What uh your thoughts just sort of initially as you as you watched this episode, which, you know, Tom Hiddleston and his Emmy should come from this.
0: Yeah, it was great. I mean, I, I think the the consistency of being undeniable w- was Loki and his commitment to solving the problem. I mean, not just with the amount of times he repeatedly was with He Who Remains and trying to stop Sophie from killing him and figuring out a different way. But not only that, but uh, with continuing over and over with the, you know, the, the fortitude to get the... Uh, whatever that thingamabob was in the, into the loom. Um, you know, how many times did he do that? He had to go back centuries. At one point they said he was centuries later to learn the quantum physics of whatever they needed to do so they could get it done quick enough. So it was just amazing. I think his, his character development in one episode was astonishing. It was awesome.
3: Um, Yeah. Let's get into, let's get into the culmination of that character uh, development. So, this episode, we, we have spent most of these six episodes really with the ensemble cast being very much involved. And, and in fact, until this final episode, like like Loki was definitely a part of the team and impacted. But I would say there was a lot more focused on the folks around him for a ton of show until we got to this this final episode. And that's not to say that like Loki wasn't a central figure, but we really got a lot more looks at the TVA in general characters within the TVA, whether it's Obi or Mobius or B, what is it, 15, B something, uh B15, uh, all those folks. I, honestly out of the out of the first five episodes, the the characters I felt were the most shortchanged uh in in, in essence were Sylvie and Loki. <laughs> um like in terms of just the way things and and I and we could talk about Sylvie a little bit too because I do feel like there was a lot left on the table that could have been done for sylvie that just wasn't but this episode finally got back to the the namesake of the show and loki having to go through all this stuff to then realize once he figures out how to control time slip realizing that he needs to learn everything about time how it works the multiverse how it works he starts with trying to fix the temporal loom over and over and over again in, in a way that he feels is supposed to be the right way to do it. He knows he's supposed to do the heroic thing and not just barge in there and take over and do everything. He feels like it's supposed to be Victor Timely. That's supposed to do this. Like it's meant to be. So he does everything he can uh, over centuries of repeats and, and just the comically frustrated way that he's just like, again, and he's out. Yeah. Like, to learn once they finally do it, like he finally does it enough times that timely gets there and they make it and then it fails anyway because the it's an infinite equation. So then he's stuck with the realization that it really does come down to he who, and trying to not have Sylvie kill him in a way that makes sense. And then that got into what Ray and Tony and Dave were talking about there. Ultimately, in this conversation between he who remains and Loki, where Loki finally gets the upper hand on him at one point, and that was a, Another moment too, where um, where he who remains is like, is this our first time talking? And feeling like it was his first time talking. Um, We'll get to him later. Uh, We'll we'll talk to him after our commercial break, I'm sure. But um, but then Loki being able to be like, what makes you think this is the first time we're talking? I thought that was just brilliant. I loved it. Uh, And then it leads to the concept of changing the equation, and Loki takes the form of the god of stories and realizes that the only way. To stop the time loop that defeats he who remains at the end is to take that throne and mantle himself using the powers and the knowledge that he's learned to weave the timelines together using himself as a conduit to build a tree that looks an awful lot like Yggdrasil amongst other things. For those of you who don't remember Yggdrasil, it's all the way back at Thor, the, the tree of life uh and loki is now at its center and his branches and the name of this episode glorious purpose he finally sits down with glorious purpose at the end um it's a beautiful moment it's a beautiful moment it's really well done comments dave
5: no, i'm glad you mentioned the egressile part because that's exactly what's going on at the end it is a tree of life and they did it so well where the loom flips from you know horizontal to vertical and you see it and it's like It's the fucking tree of life there. That now, now it really, and they tie everything together. So well, I thought one of my favorite parts, I mean, it's troubling. There's some problems with it, but the conversation between Mobius and Loki from season one, where Loki slips, time slips in there. And Mobius goes from like the stuff that he was asking him. And then Loki kind of turns the conversation around to get Mobius to open up to him about certain things and, and things that Loki needed to know about. And then like, at the end, there's like, Even though in the grand scheme of the story, they've really just met recently. And now at the end of this, they're shaking hands because Loki and you wonder, is like, does Mobius realize at some point during this conversation that something has changed in the middle of this conversation? Um, Even though it's in his mind, it's the first conversation he's ever had with Loki about some of this stuff. But something changes and it seems like Loki's demeanor and his delivery change from the arrogant god of mischief to what he eventually evolves into Mobius picks up on that. And at the end of this conversation, they shake hands and kind of that's it. Um, So I really enjoyed that part. That was, that was kind of cool, but yeah, it's, it was beautifully done the way Loki ends up ascending to the throne to bring all these, uh, all these timelines together into one thing where now you don't even need a loom, you know, because he who remains was pretty adamant. The loom is just a fail safe. And once Loki realizes that, then, there is no spoon. That sort of situation.
4: And uh, you, Tony,
3: oh, go ahead, Ray. Everybody no, 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 no. Please, please.
4: Go ahead, Ray. I was just gonna say to your point about the conversation between Mobius and uh, Loki. You have to remember when Loki time slipped back into that spot. Loki knew that the story he was telling about the kid who they couldn't prune. He knew it was him and Ravana. I think that's the moment when Mobius realized this ain't the dude I was talking to. Because how would he know that? He would know anything about that because he asked him specifically to tell him about that time. How did you do it when you when you didn't think you could? And he knew it was him. Um. So so yeah. I, M- Mobius has been at the TVA for 400 years, somewhat, some something around there. So clearly he understands that time is something that can be a very slippery, pun intended, slope. Um. So I imagine he caught that and realized, yeah, this ain't the dude I thought he was. And also, Mobius. Always had some respect for Loki. That's the reason why he treated him the way he treated him from the very beginning. Um, If you want to go ahead and go to your part, Tony, by all means, I just wanted to point that out real fast. Go ahead. You can keep going. Um, So the allegories to the first Thor movie are wild, especially the Tree of Life. But the one that got me is I can do it. I can save them all as Odin told him saying, no, you can't. And at the end, you see him, he ends up saying that. And then you see that smile on his face that's like sadness. He'll never see his friends, but pride that I was able to do it, save them all. I think that was a very beautiful moment to me. Um, That one kind of got me in the feels a little bit. 14 years with this dude, right? Um, Also, the one thing that's always been, I'm not going to call it an issue because I think both seasons were done as perfectly as you could do, given the story they were trying to tell. But the one thing that always sat with me weird was this is a God. And in 12 episodes of two seasons, he never really showed any of his God like abilities. This episode, him being able to take on the burden of waiting hundreds of years to learn this and to not drive himself crazy and still be at it, still be with it, to have the um, the unwavering will to, to take on the this undeniable task that nobody or nothing or no entity could do except for an entity that had figured out how to do it, how to control it. And then to give up the rest of his existence, holding strands, chilling. That was the God level thing I had been looking for. And again, symmetry was perfect that it happened at the very end. He had to get to that point. You pointed out, Patrick, I think was, which was a great point out. We've heard him say glorious purpose so much. It was even a joke when all the Lokis met each other, glorious purpose, glorious purpose. Finally, he lived up to that. And um, he finally ended up being who he wanted to be. And uh, it was it's, it's a really beautiful story told if you think about it, especially in totality. I particularly like the part where they went back in all the times that he said glorious purpose when he was talking with with I, that was in the episode, I believe. Right. When he was talking with Odin and then when he was talking to um Tony. At the at the Battle of New York and all these different moments in his life where he the decision he made was either the wrong one or he wasn't who he needed to be in that moment. And then the, finally, he saves himself in the most selfless way possible because nobody will ever know. I think that was a very beautiful thing. Also, the hilarity of the TVA basically becoming now we just searching Kang variants instead of all variants, I think was uh, pretty funny.
3: I uh, I also cracked up when they brought Biz Minutes back online and they're like, are we sure that she won't go psycho and try to kill us? And Obi <laughs> oh. was like, probably. <laughs> like, Great. Great. Like maybe yeah, safe maybe yeah, she won't know. go crazy. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. We've been such through a lot. Obi, Who such knows? an Obi response. Um, okay. So one question mark, because here's the thing that's really interesting, is the last shot of this episode is a very satisfied, at peace Loki on a throne right like that's the last image we get but before that we get a montage of stuff we get you know we do get um Mobius going back and finally looking upon himself uh, and who he was before becoming part of the TVA but we also got Renslayer at the dump at the end of time dump and a purple light shines in front of her face what's the purple light
4: you guys want to go first
3: it's the Baltimore Ravens showing up. Oh, sorry.
4: Wow. Man. I would love it. I would, we have Ray,
3: Ray Lewis is coming. He's like, follow me. Anyway, go ahead, Dave. No, I,
5: I, I, what was the dragon's name in season one? Eliath. Eliath. <laughs> maybe maybe it's Eliath about to burn her down. I don't know. I, I got, I got no real, I mean, purple light,
4: no clue. Ray. Sonny, I have an answer, but I want y'all to go first i don't know
0: what the purple light is I, I the loki thing that we just finished talking about the one thing i wanted to drop in there was is the uh the time stone screen right so you know maybe it's just been loki all along oh shit Tony,
4: you motherfucker you no big deal something. no big deal but continue on to your purple thing um okay so when i saw that initially i thought it was a lie. it had to be a life, right? because it had a lot of wind behind it, too. But then you look at that, that scene multiple times, and the first thing she does before she sees that entity is the pyramid. It's Ramatut.
0: The pyramid, I forgot. That's a great point, Ray.
4: Yeah. And that's kind of
3: where I was hoping one of you would go to, is that you would remember that it was Ramatut, and that, uh, hey, there's variants everywhere. They're still out there. Uh, nice nod, by the way, to Ant-Man and the Lost Quantum Mania, as they talk about a, 616 adjacent uh really talking about the quantum realm which that's a whole other can of worms because it seems like the quantum realm exists outside of of time uh and realities in the multiverse and so what does that all mean uh there's a there's a lot of work the other thing that it, before um we uh, sorry before we kind of move to the last little bit um does Loki becoming the god of stories? One of my theories that I, that I put out there as a thought was with this cycle happening the way that he who remains wanted it to, was what allowed Kang to kind of be infinitely multiplied throughout the multiverse. Does this stop more Kang variants from coming now well, that Loki said, is they, the god of stories? They said that they like were. We know the TVA is looking for them. Doesn't yeah. mean that there are more coming that are still being created.
0: What did they oh, say? They that. said there was two that they found, but they were not causing mischief, so that was being monitored. I mean, I guess that's got to be your only clue. I mean, what, what do we do with... I don't want to jump the gun, because I'm guessing this is the last thing you're going to talk about, but what do you what do you do with the King character?
3: Oh, no, no, that's not the last thing I want to talk about with it. But what... The, that is... Still, I mean, because that's a bigger Marvel question. You can get out of... Like, John what of do you do with
0: the King character? You don't have to... You don't, you don't need it anymore if you don't want to. Although, I, I mean... Flatt and I have been messaging back and forth and he he's like he had he well he wanted to pass his thoughts along today just so you guys know <laughs> Get your uh, on it, the call then Marvel gave themselves an out making Loki the curator of the timeline but the purple light that Ravenna saw gives us the opinion to continue with Jonathan Majors, depending on how everything plays out that's what he thinks that the purple light gives them an out if they want
3: that's mm-hmm. also mm-hmm. bear in mind that the these episodes were written uh, and completed before the writer strike so they right. couldn't make changes True. if they wanted to but they uh, could none use of this the has been post-produced yeah uh and i'm not sure what the timeline between when the news with jonathan majors broke versus the episodes like i'd have to go back and do the research on that so that one's a little tougher to, to try and figure out but who knows we'll we'll see there
4: um great you you um did you have a follow-up there well, I do. Number one, they can't give it to Kang when literally Avengers 5 is named the Kang dynasty. Um. Secondly,
0: sure.
4: I mean, the true Secondly, um, uh, if you look at it back in the timeline of when these things happened, one could argue quantum mania was after Loki because quantum, you know, what I'm saying, given the way of the time, we don't know the timeline of when these movies are happening yet. We've right. only figured that out afterwards. Um, no, the fact that very thing that he who he remains gave Loki the option of doing, and Loki usurping that meant that everybody lives. With everybody living in every timeline that exists ever, that means that there will be more Kang variants coming. So there's just going to be more and more and more coming. Now, do they become Kang? Every, everyone clearly isn't going to become a, become a Kang, but we've already seen thousands of them in Quantumania. That wasn't by accident.
3: Right. Oh. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see how this this shakes out as we move forward. We didn't get answers out of uh, any, we didn't get any sort of answers or conversation with regards to Kang and the Marvels. What we did do, we did have, though, uh, at the end of Loki, was the end of the the uh, actor strike, which meant that actors could now go and talk about projects they've been working on, have been in, have done. And Tom Hiddleston got to jump on, I think it was, was it Fallon. Fallon got to jump on the tonight show with Jimmy Fallon and his comments are are pretty, yeah, pretty impactful is how I'll describe it. Is he said that the season finale provides a conclusion to the last 14 years of his life playing Loki in the MCU. That sounds like a goodbye and a thank you. So my question to you guys is Tom Edelson sounds like he's done. Now again, we live in a world of never say never. So who knows? If this is indeed it for Tom Hiddleston, there's there's a twofold question. They put him in a place where they don't have to bring Loki back ever if they don't want to. But does the MCU even try? Should they try? Should they leave it be? What do you do with a Loki character if you want to keep it going? Or is it just this is the end of the story and we should appreciate the end of the story, which I do. And anyone, Tony, you drop the mic. Go first.
0: The answer is yes, because... Great answer. Very Here, here's, well, here's why it is a great answer, and this is why is because where it sits now is perfectly fine with everybody. Everybody loved that series. Everybody loved what he's done. Right? It's a perfect end to the means that was Loki, and the little bit of him being there still, always being there, he's always there, holding to, holding on to the timelines, making you know, giving life. Always going to be there. That means that if they ever really do need him, they could still go grab him. That's why the good answer is yes. It's both.
5: Dave, um as in he'll never show up again i don't think so i mean i think he'll be there at some point it'll be a one-off there'll be a cameo you're not going to end this next phase once kang starts coming back and running around you're gonna have to get loki out of where he is to try and intervene um because he's the only one who can match him time-wise and and i think that's going to be a a big issue but from the standpoint of loki going from (laughs) I'm going to steal from Cody Rhodes to go from undesirable to undeniable by the end of this story is truly the end of his story. And and I think that, you know, he we talked about it a lot during here is his transition from hero to anti hero to at the end. I think it's it's undeniable that he is the hero of this story. He is no longer a villain. He has transcended and become something greater than even a hero. So if this is the end, I'm fine with it. You know, the look on his face at the end, like you're saying, Pat, satisfied. He saved all of his friends. He saved most of the timelines, I would assume, except the ones that got wiped out before they could do anything about it. But uh, yeah, I think if that's the end of the road, then it is a very satisfying ending. And Hiddleston's run, his his character progression has been, I don't even know if you can argue it, the probably one of the best parts of the MCU watching him from where we saw him in the first Thor to here. It is a tremendous story.
4: Um, and so I'll try to be quick. If, uh, initially, when Loki became the, what you, What do you call him, Patrick? The god of all stories? The god stories? of
3: stories. He's the god of stories.
4: When he became that and took that, I thought there might be a chance he might be ascending to the beyonder. And that he would be the beyonder that Doom would take the power from. But that's not the case. So, to me, the answer is Tom Hilton's done. Gone. Bye-bye. To your point, Dave, he can never help fight Kang because if he leaves, the timelines are gone again. He can never move ever in life, ever again, as long as there is time. But we don't need his Loki. We have a Loki. Don't forget, Sylvie's still around. It's true. And I mentioned it last week Kid Loki's somewhere floating too. So we have Loki. You make a very
3: good point. And I'm actually glad you brought up Sylvie because I think that I talked about this earlier. There's so much meat left on the bone for the Sylvie character that. Uh, you know, I don't like at the end of the day. Like, I was happy that she was, you know, of a, a, her role in season two, as she was kind of this catalyst of something more. To 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 like like that she didn't want to be tied down by fate, that she wanted to experience world and life and do this thing, and that was really important for her in helping Loki think outside of the equation at the very end. Like that was really important. I also wanted more from her character from the writers during the show. Tony, go ahead.
0: Just to go back to Ray's point, I think what he was trying to say is there is a couple low-key, low-keys. Uh, oh, you, low
3: you know, key? no, no, he's just making bad puns, trying to get some love. Oh, look. that's. Oh, my God. It's now Boo Ray. Boo Ray. That was I so there. It.
0: He didn't even get it. Give me a break. As cheesy as that was, you got Boo Ray.
3: I mean, I could, but I'm not going to. Because we talked about who's salty today. I'm a little salty to you.
0: Oh, I thought it was good. It'd make a good title.
3: L-O-W-E-Y-L-O-K-I. Loki 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 Loki. uh okay on that note I think that overall this this season and this series uh I think this season has been the best season of of an MCU show that they've put out since Ms. Marvel uh which I still say out of the more recent outputs if you haven't watched Ms. Marvel you should have and shame on you for not and I hope that some of you who didn't watch Ms. Marvel after watching the Marvels will now go back and watch Ms. Marvel um, because it's worth your time to go check out. It's beautiful. But anyway, uh, I think that's a good place. I think this was a terrific, if, you know, a terrific goodbye to Tom Hiddleston. I think it was a terrific wrap to this series. I think it does create wiggle room for Marvel if they find themselves trapped in a Jonathan Majors conundrum. Um, But it also begs the question, and we again, we can talk about this later. I know Jonathan Majors is a, is a hell of an actor, and he's done a lot of this work. Is it really that impossible to recast the guy if you want to run with gang? I don't, I don't I know. Think so I, I think, so. I don't, I don't know. Maybe, um, uh, who knows? I, I don't know. Maybe we'll have to base it on how Liam Hemsworth does as the Witcher. Uh,
5: well, oh. <laughs> there's the new standard right there. Jesus.
3: <laughs> that is a full circle. We're going to take our first commercial break. When we come back, we're going to go into, Oh wait, I lied. I lied. Guess what guys? I lied because of the lack of topics today. Dave, we're actually not going to go to commercial. We're going to go into that beautiful banjo because I wanted to give the marbles all of its due process of time. So if you could do me a favor, sir, and hit that beautiful banjo, I would appreciate it. So apparently this was a big week for Netflix and and we just didn't pay attention. Apparently it was geek week for Netflix. And we've talked about geek week a couple of times and had some and been like, oh, hey, look at all these trailers. And these are things that are coming on Netflix. And there was a ton of stuff that came out of this. Like there was an an Umbrella Academy uh, cast interview where they didn't tell you anything about season four other than this is the conclusion. And we're very excited to be a part of it. Yay. Umbrella Academy. Um. And trailers galore, so many that I I, I had trouble picking them. But I, I'm hopeful that you guys appreciated the two that I did pick uh, because I, I picked them with purpose. Uh, the first thing is we did get our first sort of full look at Avatar The Last Airbender. Netflix's live adaptation of the animated show that was on uh, Nickelodeon was something that I watched beginning to end with a little O'Dowd, who then we immediately moved right into Korra. And watched her um and and watched all of, of those shows as well um i, I it, it looks I was surprised at kind of how on at least on point the look of the character uh, in comparison to the animated series. And so as somebody who watched the show uh beginning to end with a little doubt i'm I'm interested uh, I'm interested enough to check out an episode or two and if it if it feels like it works. Uh, I'll, 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 I might stick with it. So that is, uh, that is my sort of instant reaction. Tony is out on this one. He is not interested in contributing to the conversation. Uh, so we will go to David Ungar. Uh, did you watch the last airbender, like the animated series, Dave? I, I It's cause it's a little past way. Like, I know you watched like star Wars animated stuff. This is a little bit different, uh, but it was also huge. So I could see you watching and enjoying oh. it.
5: My kids watched it. I, I didn't watch it so yeah. much, but I remember they they were very interested in the show, which is why when I saw the trailer, uh, I was like, um, you know, and I think I think I don't know if I, I saw it earlier in the week, and I was like, oh, okay, you know, I and you guys know I'm not big on these live action adaptations of animation, but this is a little bit different because this is one where I think it's it, you know the live action adaptation with a with source material like this. And what they can do with the CGI and sorts of that sort of thing will tell a, a a different and potentially better story. So while I'm not that familiar with it, uh, I know my kids really enjoyed the show. And I think that this has a lot of potential. You know, I got never ending story vibes where they're flying on the back of the dragon and all that sort of thing or whatever. It uh, was. That
3: is Appa. That is Appa. Okay. And he is a flying buffalo. Even better. Even
5: is. better flying buffalo flying dragon dude you don't
3: even know i don't know you don't even know who papa is papa's awesome God, i can't even <laughs> you, with you.
5: you suddenly sound like you uh grew up as a uh female in the santa clarita valley here but that's all right um whatever, whatever. <laughs> no i i think it it look it's got a lot of potential even if i'm not that familiar with the uh with the uh source material but trailer looks really cool i think ray probably is very much more familiar with this than i am
4: you'd be shocked i've never watched it Really? There you go. I
3: am a little surprised by that.
4: But it's one of the shows that I can genuinely say with all certainty I regret missing, and I and I want I I just have not had the time nor the motivation to go back and watch that, and particularly Legend of Korra, which is from everybody I've talked to, is better than Avatar. Um,
3: it's more mature than Avatar.
4: Yeah. So that's that's, which you're right.
3: Which is actually saying a lot because uh, Avatar itself. Is a very has very mature storylines and the the thing I really appreciate they're very different sort of tales which mm-hmm. is kind of fascinating because Avatar is very epic in scope is very child of destiny of and is this sweeping epic across all these different lands as this one character Aang tries to become master of all elements and the Legend of Korra. Actually, the problem with The Legend of Korra isn't that it's bad. It's that it got canceled too soon. Mm-hmm. It ends very ambiguously and mm-hmm. left audiences very, very, very desperate for more because they wanted to see what was going to happen with her. And it just it, it ended because of reasons.
4: It's Young Justice all over again. Absolutely. Um, I, One more quick thing. By the way, I'm going to watch this. Like, I actually am in on this. I want to give a very hearty, strong, and thankful shout out to Scarlett Johansson and the Matt Damon. Because if it wasn't for them, we wouldn't be having Asian people playing Asian characters. So thank you. Right. it actually looked like something I would imagine it would look like, instead of it being uh, Timothy Chalamet as Aang. or you no, know, no, yes, let it be well, the kid who plays the kid. Let's, let's
3: even back it up. M Night Shyamalama Ding Dong's uh, Avatar movie where they totally cast no Asian kids in any of the primary roles. I forgot about and, that movie. Yeah, woof. Woof. Well, it, that thing was doomed from the start, and rightfully so. All right. Uh, this next trailer, thoroughly intentional. And I hope you guys remembered why. I right? agree. You're shaking your head. Oh, okay, you're naughty. You're, you're yes. Why are you angry? Because it's stupid. All right. Well, before, I'll, I'll let you get mad about it in a second. So, for those of you who don't recall, we are, and, and we didn't talk about this, but, Next week, we start talking about Doom Patrol because Doom Patrol is now on Max. We wanted to get through Loki. Doom Patrol is, is where we go. That is another show that we've covered regularly. It's the final season of Doom, Doom Patrol. We got to cover it. One of the things that was supposed to come out of Doom Patrol as a spinoff on Max uh, was the Dead Boy Detective Agency. We got the Dead Boy Detectives uh, in season three. I think it was last season, right? Season three is when they popped up. It was either season two or three. I can't remember what it was. Two. Was. Season two. And we on this show, we knew it was coming, we were here for it, we we're really ready for it. We were excited about it. And then Zaslav did Zazlav things and the show got sold over to Netflix and picked up over there. And so we got a trailer for the dead boy detective. Uh, that is and here's the thing is I don't I don't know anything more about this other than the trailer, whether or not is it is still the spin off from doom patrol or if this is now a netflix-owned vertigo dc property that they're going to do their own thing with and pretend like their experiences on doom patrol didn't exist now that i've said that trailer like it looks entertaining it looks fun i don't know enough about it and and i'll probably watch the first episode because i want to see honestly i want to see if they are spinning it off or if it's their own thing i'm now going to cede the floor to ray who is mad uh and I actually think he, it's valid anger. Like, it's valid anger because this is just yet another of the, the David Zaslav WB DC fuckery that we have been dealing with for quite some time since that Joker took over. So, with that said, Ray Cash, the floor
4: is yours. Thank you, my good man. I hate WB. I hate these motherfuckers. I truly do. Because they're ruining good, they're ruining good product, good cinema, good television, good streaming, good everything. I can answer your question for you, Patrick. It is not the spinoff. It is a completely different show, and I can tell you why. In the in the in the commercial in the trailer, it says from the writer of The Sandman, and the like. When you when you have those things in the trailer, it's letting you know this has not, This is new, specific. These are the people that made it. Also, if it was a direct spinoff, then wouldn't the little girl be in the in the commercial or in, in the trailer dorothy dorothy wouldn't the the i know they showed the little the black girl who became the conduit for them to that's not the same person from the show from doom patrol it's all different why i don't understand it just doesn't make sense to me i wish i was a billionaire for many reasons but particularly to understand why billionaires are like making money because i don't understand it doesn't make sense you have killed a continuity now. You have killed your opportunity to continue to grow your brand. Because if you thought this was something that could have made you some money, you would have made the money with it. I don't understand. Also, quick tangent, don't this look like this should be on the CW? Doesn't this feel like a CW show? A little bit? Okay. Anyway, I hate David Aslav. I hate his people. I hate his dog. I hate, I hate, I hate the, I, I, man, I hate his, his, his chef. I I hate his therapist. Everybody in this person's life, I hate. Because he is ruining an entire franchise for me. Like, I trust James Gunn almost inherently. I don't even know if I care about what James Gunn is doing, dog. Like, I I hate WB. I seed my time. Dave, care to follow
5: that up? I don't know if I can. But I do agree with Ray on many, many, many points. This makes no damn sense to put this on Netflix. Uh, it, It just anybody who's going to know anything about the dead boy detective agency is going to equate it to doom patrol and this is going to have nothing to, and with all due respect to the guys who wrote sandman because pat you and i love that series and that's a great i think that's you know that adds credibility to this but it just it makes no damn sense to put this on netflix and to hope that there's people like us in the bubble who are going to transfer over and say, yeah, I remember this from, from uh Doom patrol. I want to see what it's like on Netflix. Cause as soon as you realize there's virtually no continuity between this, it's like, why do I care? Give me one reason why I should care. It's just another show with some supernatural element out there on Netflix buried amongst 200 other ones. Why should I care?
3: Tony, it's your turn.
0: I, I don't know. I was, I was watching it and I'm like, Oh, this is familiar. Where was this? Was this, And then Doom Patrol, and I was like, no, it wasn't that. And I was like, oh, maybe it was. And then I was like, oh, Netflix. I'm like, oh, maybe it wasn't. So it was kind of confusing. Um, It's weird because we did. We all got super excited. Like, oh, that that, that was so fun in Doom Patrol, and they should have their own series, and oh, it's going to happen, and... I guess, you know, hey, if Max wasn't going to do it, they sold the fucking show and that Netflix was going to do it. There's no way they were going to keep it connected to Max. Right. You know, so they wanted to do their own thing.
5: Yeah. Then sell Doom Patrol to him as well.
4: <laughs> yeah. I, make it
5: work Make it make sense. You know?
4: Yeah.
0: I don't know. I don't know what to tell Did, you.
4: Didn't I just put in the chat? They sold another thing that was like a major thing nobody knew about. I'm trying to go back and find that. They, they
3: shelved the they shelved the John Cena uh, Warner Brothers animation show with uh, our movie with Wile E. Coyote for a thirty million dollar yes. tax write off. That's that
4: everybody's awesome. saying was maybe one of the best things they've done all year. So
3: yeah, I, and that's the thing is we 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 keep talking about and we've talked about this with with Disney. You know, is Disney really what's going to get sold to Apple? Because Warner Brothers Discovery seems to be the one that's doing the fire sale and liquidating their, at- liquidating their assets left and right. Now, does that mean that it's more valuable? But of, of the two companies that's doing shit that seems like I'm trying to, to offload and make ourselves a little more appealing and cheaper, David Zaslav they- seems to be doing it way more than
4: Mr. Iger. And they got a hell of a catalog. I know it's not Disney's, but they got a lot of stuff in their own catalog.
3: They do. Uh, and I do think that the the Looney Tunes is a valuable property in and of its own right. DC is a valuable property in and of its own right. Yeah, you don't get Star Wars, but it's not exactly you know a dead proposition. So
4: everything HBL's done, that's yeah, a lot.
3: Yeah. So it's it's interesting. Uh, one of the things I was trying to do, and I I think I found the the answer finally, um, is the Dead Boy Detective the characters like they even, they even recast the two guys. Like they're not even the same two dudes. That's what I was trying to find where they popped up and I'm not finding them. So I'm just going to let it, let it go and leave it be. Let's move into a teaser trailer that was shared by Disney. I think Ray put this out to us in the, in the chat the first time through, but we got a special, this movie we knew was coming. Uh, at least I knew it was coming, uh, because they, they hinted at it back when it was first made anyway. But, uh, big hit for pixar a few years back was the movie inside out which takes you inside the psyche and emotions of a young child by the name of riley with joy sadness uh disgust i think is what our uh, mm-hmm. uh, anger and fear mm-hmm. are these five primary emotions that basically kind of control how riley sees and reacts to different things and the whole concept of the film and i really like inside out is one of my favorite pixar movies it's uh, my favorite
4: because it is my favorite because i special.
3: love the way that that movie teaches can teach children about emotions and managing emotions and what that like what that can be and what i feel it can feel like and that movie was made with a lot of intentionality uh with child psychologists from people who study you know just how people work and in explaining emotions and managing emotions And at the end of the first movie, the onset of puberty is coming along. And you're just like, oh boy, this is opening a door for more stuff. Well, more stuff finally came in a little bit of a teaser trailer this week. It was about an hour and a half, or a minute and a half, where most of it is kind of a recap reminding you who these characters were. But as they are happy in their little environment in this little office, which is kind of like Riley's brain, um, a demolition crew comes in. And new emotions pop up, the big one being anxiety. And again, I can only imagine that this movie has been made with the same care and attention that the first one was. I'm looking forward to this movie coming out because anxiety and people and their management of anxiety. As somebody who has anxiety, uh, everybody has anxiety to some degree. And you know, I can I by no means think that I am you know in the extreme point of the the spectrum of like crippling anxiety but anybody who knows anything about me knows that there there are times where it gets to you um this is another thing that i'm hoping to be able to watch with my son and, and talk about because that's what inside out the original did for me and it was a real opportunity to talk to him about managing emotions so i'm very excited about this i'm looking forward to it dave pixar's new, new output uh inside out to your thoughts uh, on this trailer
5: yeah, I like I like the idea of, uh, of you know, I saw the first one maybe once excellent movie, but I, I do like the notion of puberty hitting and how that affects your emotions and kind of going down the path of that story. So, uh, yeah, I, I you know, it's like 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 you guys constantly remind me I am of the older uh, age group, so I'm not watching a lot of these Pixar movies as much as they used to unless the grandkids are over. That sort of thing. But I, I love the premise of just, you know, kind of dealing with <laughs> immature prefrontal cortex. Here comes all these new emotions into the mix. Uh, hilarity, I'm sure, will ensue along with some other serious stuff along the way. So I think it's a it's a brilliant idea. It's a masterstroke by Pixar. I, I think it'll do very well for itself. So I think, especially for the kids out there, it's going to be a tremendous
0: move. Tony? i I have never seen the first one, but I know what it's about and i it was well you explained it really good for people that don't patrick but it's a it seems like a really great way to deal with like a, a slightly difficult subject you know a coming of age and dealing with not just other people but with your own emotions you know and how you feel about what's happening around you so nothing but a positive thing
3: great cash, bring us home inside out to teaser trailer
4: um I I've been on the record i think it's the best pixar movie they've ever made um I've, it's my favorite pixar movie um especially coming from a perspective of being a father as you mentioned patrick my oldest does have anxiety like medicated she's medicated for it and this was a perfect way to kind of explain these things to her um in a way that she would understand that's why i love pixar so much it's because they make them interesting and, and and funny enough for adults to enjoy them but they also make them Clever enough that they teach kids things, but they don't even know they're being taught um, like when they're looking for the the long term memories. The inside of it is actually how a brain looks like. It's, a be- it's just beautiful. Um, so the second one had to happen. Um, I'm, I'm so here for it. I'm so ready for it. Um, you know, if you watched that movie and the connection you made with Riley and the decision she made and all she went through, the beauty of the movie basically explaining to you that sadness is necessary. So many people try to put that emotion to the side because we got to be tough, we got to be hard. But no, sadness leads to more happiness. It was just a beautiful way it's done. So I'm here for it. I can't wait. I'll be there opening weekend. I also want to take this moment real real quick to mention we have not spoke about another Disney movie that's coming out soon, Wish. Which is supposed to be big enough that it's up for Oscar already. Or or people think it's going to be up for an Oscar, I'm sorry. So like, just for the record, uh, Disney's cooking with grease when it comes to animated movies.
3: Right. Yeah, Wish comes out I think the week of Thanksgiving. Uh if I'm not
4: mistaken,
3: Chris Pine is voicing the villain in that one and um yeah, uh, and the little dad is interested in checking that out.
4: It is a princess movie by the way. It's the next yes. next a- addition to Disney Princesses. So, if you have girls
3: She she she's prepared. already uh she's already at Disneyland and Disney World doing meet and greets. So, uh before the movies even come out. So, and like Epcot is doing a light show on Spaceship Earth with music from the movie. Like, there's a, they're they're really ramping up their marketing there.
5: And next week, uh, Patrick right, O'Dowd li- will call into the show to give us a live report from e- Epcot, right, Pat? No, it's worth a try, guys.
3: I'm at Hollywood <laughs> Studios that day. Why would I do uh, that? So it'll be don't. from Hollywood Studios. All right. You don't even you don't even know. I want to be riding Rise of the Res- fucker. Anyway let's get into our last trailer which i was surprised that this trailer came out did anybody know that this trailer was coming let's start with that we got out of nowhere seeming a trailer for ghostbusters frozen empire which first of all i got i gotta i gotta share this i've never been so like i'm tired of of film media right now uh more than i am professional wrestling media and anybody who knows anything about me knows how I feel about professional wrestling media the number of articles that i saw that were headlined with climate change taking front and center for the new ghostbusters blew my mind because what they did was they saw ghost makes snow in summertime equal climate change literally that is all you could pull out of that trailer to say that this is a a, a movie about climate change and here's the thing kids it might be but that trailer doesn't tell you that at all.
0: I didn't know we were supposed to expect ice daggers from climate change coming out of the earth.
3: Right. Like, anyway, enough about it. What, what we did get was we got New York City in the middle of July. Uh, people on a beach. It is hot. It is 90 some degrees. Uh, people are out doing their thing. This ominous cloud comes around. As Tunney noted. Shit starts freezing. Icicles start popping up out of the ground. And then you get to hear the famous piano that is synonymous with Ghostbusters as we hit up on the fire station and we learn that we've got our next ghost. We got appearances from Venkman. We got an appearance from Ray Stans. We got our good buddy, um, Winston. All three there back at it. Um, There's some speculation that maybe Oscar from Ghostbusters 2 is one of the characters that you get a glimpse of in the trailer
0: are, are you talk what who's the kid that's handling the with the long with the dart with the dark longer hair the kid is hand, he's actually handling like the ghost laser tag thing no, and No that that's from, been, from Stranger oh, right.
5: things right yeah
0: yeah that's it's, not oscar but is he going to be like spangler's son or something like that
3: no he's egon's uh, grandson, ex- grandson. explain that okay. in afterlife right
0: if i if okay. our, yeah, yeah. Dude, did, yeah. you did you even watch the, the first no, I was like, confer- no i didn't i'm confirming that's
3: why Well, so first of all, go watch uh, Ghostbusters Afterlife. uh, You really uh, should. It's really good. It's really good, but I won't. I won't. Why? Why are you fighting that one, so? I'm not fighting
0: it. It's just I'll go watch that. Okay,
4: and leave it alone.
0: If we don't have to watch any more Witcher, I'll watch it like right after this is over.
4: (laughs) Tough shit. Um,
3: (laughs) So it's called Bandwagon Nerds, not do what anyone. Anyway, Uh, just let's make a deal. No, Um. no deals. Wayne Brady is not on the show either. We have Ray Cash, and that's it. And Ray Cash makes no deals. Can we get Mike Mike Brady
5: on the show? Wait a minute.
4: Wait a minute. What's the connection between me and Wayne? What's the connection between me and Wayne? Wayne?
0: Oh, oh, I'll say
3: you're black. You're the black dude on the show. Wayne Brady's a black man. You're a black man. They both like the Ravens out here. And so there you go. I don't know if that's true at all. I'll take that. Right? Anyway. um, You know, Patton Oswalt is in this movie. Can I? I got it. I'm going to let you guys talk about it real quick. I'm tired of the Paul Rudd laugh. The like mm. the Paul Rudd like oh laugh like he's doing it too much
4: it's too more much. than I'm Seth Rogen
3: no that's the Seth broken
4: laughs that's like that's not a put on that's really how he laughs
3: yeah I don't I don't know but yeah the 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 Paul Rudd character who gets excited about something and makes the like oh boy laugh I I you know it was great in Civil War that was like nine years ago it's not been nine years but it's been a long time and, and he, he's Paul. Paul, you're doing it too much. Just stop. Anyway, other than that, this trailer, it looks a lot of fun. Little O'Dowd instantly, like, double thumbs up. Gotta go see it in the theater. Probably look great in 3D, Tony. I'm just saying. For Max? And whatever. For Skin and Formax. If you had the foundational knowledge of the previous film, you wouldn't then have to ask dumb questions like, is Finn Wolfhard Spangler's nephew or something? I'm just saying.
0: There are no dumb questions. Just people that... Are dumb. <laughs> possible. Let me tell you, let me talk to you. Um, let me tell you something, brother. Uh, yeah, yeah, brother. I had zero I, I had seen either did we post something in the in the thread about this, or I seen something on social media about this had come out as well. Or that it was going to It'll and this the was trailer. the story. Yeah. And then uh I watched the trailer today and I was like, you know, storyline doesn't seem too bad actually, and everybody's back in it. So I, I might have to check this out. Yeah, and I was thinking, this is a good movie for three D. It'll I'm be in three D. I can't imagine
3: it. it won't be in. Uh, Ray Cash, as somebody so, I've count on to have seen previous iterations of Ghostbusters.
4: I've seen I've seen the original ones, uh, but I haven't seen anything yeah, since. I've not seen the last two. I didn't see, see the all women's yeah. one. I didn't see oh. the. Oh look at Ray! I've one. seen
0: the same amount of Ghostbusters.
3: This is a joint boo.
4: Double booed which is, to both of you. Which is fair, and and actually, I'm about to get an I'm about to get another boo because hey Ray, you went funny, an
5: hour before you got booed. That's a new record for you.
4: I'm, 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 I'm that's I wasn't saying shit. I was just letting it happen because I knew it was coming. Uh, <laughs> but Our the six. funny thing to me is, for eight, you guys know my affinity for disaster movies. So when I see the trailer in the Marvels starting golf, and I'm like, yes, we get another disaster movie, and then I see the fucking Ghostbusters car, and I'm like, damn it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you do what you did. So you do what you do. I, I, those who love Ghostbusters, and I have an appreciation for it, but it is not of my generation to love those that, those versions of Ghost, Ghostbusters. I was massively disappointed because I thought of something different. However, I think it's cool that we're taking putting all the movies together and kind of having like the new generation with the old generation. Don't forget the women. I get y'all thought the movie was trash, but it happened like is that because that, that lady's not kate um mckinnon right is it the old lady
3: no no it's not old lady sorry about the mom
4: whoever it is but there's a lady in the trailer and you know kate plays these roles where she's like 35 but she looks like she's 60 no so no, 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 no no no,
3: that um that's the kid's mother in like okay. of the love interest okay got you
4: I, all I'm saying is, if we're gonna give love to all the Ghostbusters, don't forget that movie existed. I get y'all didn't like it, but it still happened. Um, yeah, I, I don't know if I'll catch it I mean, if it's on TV. I ain't going to the theaters. But shout out to Paul Ray getting that guap. Keep getting the bag, sir.
5: Um,
3: Dave. I
4: mean, please. Super
5: Superman three and four happened, but no one's gonna re- acknowledge or remember that. So if I if I just ignore, or gloss over Ghostbusters three, that's I'm fine with that, Ray. Nothing but love for you, but that movie was bad. Um, This movie, on the other hand, this looks really good. And this has a darker element to it than most Ghostbusters movies, which I think like because like Ray said, I thought it was a disaster movie because of the way it was starting out. It's like, cool, this has got a darker, uh, maybe a little bit more, I don't know about more mature element, but just going in a little bit different direction for Ghostbusters. I think that's a smart idea. Um, The ice stuff, I mean, it had like that Remember that day after tomorrow, you know that movie with the uh
4: That's what I thought with, it was.
5: With like, you know, people were like immediately like their lungs were freezing the moment they stepped outside. It's like this is and the description of it, the last thing you see is your tear ducts freezing over. It's like that's some pretty dark shit for a ghostbusters movie. So I'm like <laughs> I'm like okay.
0: Cut the Pat, Patton Oswalt. Isn't that
5: cool? That is. I mean, <laughs> it is kind of cool. But uh I I I yeah, I liked Afterlife a a lot. That kind of snuck up on us and and was much better than I think any of us anticipated or it had any right being. And the fact that it's reignited this franchise is, is very cool. So, yeah, I, I definitely want to check this one out.
3: And I will as well, with a little doubt. Well, Dave, as you mentioned, we've gone an hour without a commercial break. So now it seems like the right time to do so. We come back. All four of the nerds have seen the Marvels. What did we think? Catch that on the other side. You are listening to Bandwagon Nerds here on the ChairShot Radio Network, part of the ChairShot.com.
5: Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery.
4: This is your boy, Kenny Killer, telling you to make sure you check out TheChairShot.com, bringing you breaking news, interviews, podcasts galore, everything progressing. Make sure you check it out, TheChairShot.com.
3: Welcome back, everyone. Patrick O'Dowd here, along with PC Tunney, David Ungar, Ray Cash, for Bandwagon Nerds here on The ChairShot Radio Network, part of TheChairShot.com. Make sure, if you love everything we do, that you head over to ProWrestlingTees.com, forward slash chair shot, and invest in one of our mini chair shot shirt designs. Reminder, if you are the third person to purchase a Bandwagon Nerd shirt, we will personally thank you on the show. I know more than 26 people download this show and listen to it. One of you out there, take the plunge. Get it soft style. Spend a little bit more than that $19.99. It'll feel great on your giblets. Your skin will thank you all right four nerds four theater visits the marvels has happened It's a fifth nerd over your shoulder pat five nerds five nerds but only four theater visits because the fifth nerd came with with the grown-up nerd and i'm actually going to give him the headset after we do a brief overview let let the little O'Dowd give his thoughts on the marvels before he heads up to take care of the rest of the business he's got to take care of today but um to do that real quick Went and saw it on uh, Friday, through Veterans Day, so we didn't have we didn't have um, school, we didn't have work. Had a great time. I don't get the critical lambasting that this movie has gotten comparatively. I we can we we're going to talk a little bit later about audiences and and what I think. You know, I asked this question of Dave uh, off off air on this show of whether audiences are truly fatigued or if critics are truly fatigued and the media is fatigued of. Of superhero films and whether or not that's more the problem than audience problem but this movie in my opinion a hell of a lot of fun i thoroughly enjoyed it it's you know end of movie moment and post-credits moment were important to the future of the mcu the story itself i loved because it wasn't about this big bad i mean it was but it was about carol and her absenteeism that's what this movie was about. And so while I think Marvel suffered from its shitty villain problem, because I love the woman that played, um, was it Dora or something? Or Dora? Darben. Dar, Darben. Dar- Dar- like, she was, she was an underdeveloped, she was an underdeveloped villain that was really tough to, like, get behind in terms of, like, I understood her basic story, but, like, yeah, she didn't captivate me. But she wasn't the reason for the movie. The
4: movie is about Carol fucking Danvers. By the way, Zawe Z- Ashton is her name. That's Tom yeah, to Hiddleston's life wife. Yeah. So they yeah. had a hell of a week. <laughs> well, it's
3: the first time in the history of the MCU that that two uh, two actors had like MCU films debuting. So I came out of this film, and I and I get I know we're gonna get everybody else's thoughts. I came out of this film thoroughly entertained. I had a few problems here or there. Uh, do I think it's the greatest Marvel movie of all time? No. But I thought it was very solid, very fun, and I thought it told a great story about the Carol Danvers character. And if you don't love Iman Vellani at this point, I don't know what to do with you as a person because she is a straight-up joy to watch on the screen. And I said this earlier in the show, if this doesn't prompt you to go back and watch the Ms. Marvel series, like I, you're missing out on so much. So with that... I'm gonna hand my chair over to the little O'Dowd. Let you guys talk to him a little bit about what he thought about the movie, and then I'll come back. Okay? You got a few minutes. So one second, little O'Dowd in the house. Yo, yo, yo. What's up, man? Not much.
5: You have been playing Earthworm Jim. I heard your dad turned you onto that impossible game.
1: The no, second
4: one. No comment. <laughs> yeah. We've all been there, man. It's 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 quite the doozy of a game.
1: I gave up after I got my first game.
4: <laughs> so tell See, us we, man. Should have, we should have done that
5: like 30 years ago ourselves but
4: anyway. yeah but we we didn't have the things you had to do That's so true. we had to stick with it but what do what you think of the movie tell us what you thought i liked it anything particular did you like a character uh more than other characters did something like catch your eye more than some other things
1: uh the cat goose,
4: oh yeah the flurkins yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. goose
0: did you did you catch right away that the like the brain looking things on the ship were uh like cat eggs, or, or or no?
1: I didn't even know they were eggs at, in the first place.
0: Yeah, I didn't either. It looked like a brain when it first showed up. Right? I, did, I thought was, it was a whole too. bunch of them, and then luckily that happened though, because that was a big part of saving a lot of the people there. Because yep. what 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 did they do? Uh, LOD.
1: Oh, you're talking to me.
0: Yeah, yeah. What, you remember yeah, what they did it's... with the cats to to save the people?
1: Oh yeah, they made the cats eat everybody.
0: Right, and like Amon Velani, Ms. Marvel's like putting up like hard light walls so that the cats can catch him. And I'm stuff sorry, like that. yeah. <laughs> I got scared though because when the when they were coming back in the ship and all the cats had the people eaten, they started puking up the uh the people,
4: and I was like, oh man, this ship's gonna blow up. There's gonna be like a hundred people in there. <laughs> so I, I have a quick question for you, LOD. We, you know, that's what we call you. We 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 saved the real name. Um If You've watched enough of these Marvel shows and movies to know that a lot of people don't like the bad guy. How do you think? What do you think of the the bad guy of the of the movie? Did you think she was good? She was bad. Did you think she made sense? Was she whack?
1: Kind of crazy, you know,
4: crazy, good, crazy, bad, because all of them technically crazy, right?
1: (laughs) I mean, yeah, but bad.
4: Do you do you think that uh, it should have taken all three to do you think she was powerful enough to for all three of them to fight all three of them? Or do you Absolutely. think that...
1: Go ahead. Absolutely not.
4: I, I See, I, I figured you were going to go there. So you think one of them could have took her by, himself, by yeah, herself. Yeah, but you got to remember that the
0: three of them are still adjusting to learning how to deal with, like, every time their power zaps that they transfer, right? right. Like, that I was mean, the
5: advantage Be- that she had that Be- they even, couldn't anticipate. We Be- got
0: a cool Beastie Boys montage of them training.
4: Also, the, the cool thing was because of the band that the bad guy, Darbin, got carol couldn't use her powers against her because all of her powers got drawn into the band and it only made her stronger yeah,
1: but i mean like yeah but i mean they literally like they have a character who could create physical objects out of light you know maybe you could have made a wall
0: there you go what was your favorite part of the whole movie
1: the big the, scene where they catch everybody
0: yeah that was pretty good that was fun. that was a really fun part and they're making announcements like over the loudspeaker of the ship do not panic let the cats swallow you this is the plan what'd you rate it How, what'd you rate it out of 10 uh eight eight
1: out
0: of 10. yeah that was a pretty good movie did you have fun i thought it was a fun movie right a lot of our marvel movies we've had been some real serious stuff and this one was just a lot of fun do you agree yes good i'm glad you had fun man thanks uh you know It's really nice of you to hang out with your dad. He probably doesn't have a lot of
4: friends.
3: (laughs) Be
0: good, kid. All
4: right. Thanks, man. Thank you. Little O'Dowd.
3: As anytime he starts laughing too hard, I know Tony has said something inflammatory about his father. Ah, Exactly right. I said, take your dad to the movies. He probably doesn't have a lot of friends. (laughs) Oh got more friends than you do. I just tried to make him laugh. Golfing pair of one. That's what we've got there. Um, okay, so all I all I know is that he gives the movie an eight out of ten. Uh, I want to apologize by the way. I had no idea that he had a breath saver in you know, like while I sit there talking. I'm sitting there, I'm like, so if you're one of those <laughs> mukbanger fans out there that loves hearing people chew on food, uh there's your your mukbanging part of the uh, episode. Once
5: Aphonic is done with this, you'll never even notice it.
3: Ah, oh, Dave gonna take out the mukbanger. So mukbanger's sorry. All right, uh, let's get some other thoughts uh, on this show. Uh, what did, I mean, the Little adult like the movie. Gave it an 8 out of 10. Had a lot of fun. Uh, before we kind of get into the nitty-gritties of it, let's get around the room. We're going to save Dave for last, so we can pick on Dave last. Tony, you threw your head back. Tell us how you enjoyed this show, or enjoyed this movie.
0: It was excellent. There was action. Um, the 3D that I saw it in, it would... It wasn't necessary this was the lowest lowest budgeted marvel film in in a long long, long, long time, and you could tell um, but it still had really good effects for different fight scenes traveling in outer space, things of that nature. but I just enjoyed it like the writing the the camaraderie the the team building between monica and and, and um uh, kamala and and Captain Marvel, I think, uh Carol, was was excellent. That dynamic is awesome. And and just to see that evolve, I said it, Iman Vellani is not only the present, but the future that Marvel needs. She is a fucking home run, uh
4: three-pointer, touchdown, all-in-one.
3: great, go ahead. You're, we'll, we'll loop it all out. Yeah. Right.
4: I, so I'll I'll start with Iman Vellani first, because anybody with eyes, and if by any stretch of the imagination, you are one of our impaired people who is blind, anybody with ears. If you are one of our people who is who is deaf, anybody with feelings can tell Iman Vellani is amazing. Um, I text Dave. Um, I, I am not one of these people that believes that Marvel is in trouble. I'm not one of the people that thinks that they have problems to the extent that a lot of other people do. But if you want to go with the idea that Marvel needs saving, Kamala Khan will save the MCU. She's that good. She's that lovable. She's that amazing. She's fat built for the part. Everything about it is amazing. I love the movie. The movie was fun. Um, I know you couldn't hear the interview with, with LOD, but we, one of the questions Tony asked him was, you know, did you have fun watching the movie? Because a lot of the Marvel things we've watched over the past few years have had a lot of emotional baggage and have been tough to kind of get through because they're slogs or they're, they're serious. This was just fun. Straight up, that is a fact. This was just a fun movie. Even... Even fun to the point where you're like, was that necessary, like fun, with the whole musical scene on the water planet? You know, like, it just was a, a ball of fun. But more than anything, this goes to show you that a good movie really needs two major things. Of course, every, every good movie needs a good script, plot, whatever. But two major things, a director that knows its cast and a cast that has chemistry. You cannot tell me that Tiana Paris, Brie Larson, and Iman Volani are best friends at this very moment. Because the chemistry they showed in that movie show like they have been homies forever. And I, I just, it, especially the scene on the ship when they're just trying to get to know each other and figure it out, like, beautifully done. I know we're going to get to some specifics later, so I'm trying to be as vague as possible. But I, I cannot, I'm uh, glowing reviews of this movie. Then the credit scene, that I'm ready to get into the, the nitty gritty of it because I just had so much fun. And I'm so glad I went.
5: All right, Dave. So. Um, you guys already know some of, uh, Ray knows more than anybody else. Cause we've been messaging privately about this. I will say this, there's a disclaimer here. And Pat, I think I told you about this. I went to see this Thursday night. Um, uh, I'd been looking at fucking computers all day. My eyes were tired, weren't feeling that well. Um, so that probably knocked down my enjoyment. I will say this because I respect you three gentlemen so much and your opinion of this, I have agreed to go see this again in about two and a half hours with my nephew-in-law and my niece-in-law to see, okay, what did I miss? What These guys really like this more than than I probably did. What am I missing? Now, my overall kind of impression of this is, yeah, it was fine, but my definition of fine, pad has always differed a little bit from yours. You know, like when we used to do things on the band, the nerd review, you would give something a, a, a 2.62. And I'd be like, I thought that was good. It's like a four or something like that. So... <laughs> when I say fine, I would still, That's true. I would still give this movie a seven out of 10 in my opinion. Cause you guys are right. It is fun. My biggest problem with this is a Darben, just a boring fucking villain. In my opinion, just nothing there. No sizzle to the stake. She's a Ronin sort of flip of his personality. It just didn't do anything for me. Um, My wife who liked the movie more than I did. She's like, yeah, the villain was boring. And she goes, this is her exact words. The Disney parade in the middle of this thing kept, felt a little out of place. And, you know, and she's I, she's in touch with that stuff a little bit more than I am. And I said, yeah, that was I didn't mind the musical and the singing. And I thought it was great when they stopped doing that and started talking. That was great. I, I tend to disagree with you guys, though, that and i all due respect, to you guys, you know, I respect you. I'd never looked at this movie when I'm done as it being Carol centric to me. It was about Kamala and her evolution from being this fangirl to the end when you get to the end and she's no longer a fangirl. Now she is leading the Young Avengers. I loved her progression in this story. I thought that was fantastic. No disrespect to Carol and Monica's relationship and the mending of the fences, which is hugely important, but that's kind of like my overall impression of this. And of course, the end and the post credit are are hugely important moments.
3: So I just I want to be clear, like. I feel like this movie was edited poorly in that it was edited, one, too much. And and I think that there there were some opportunities to flesh out. Again, I don't care about the villain. Like, she was literally there, honestly, and and I feel bad for the actress, you know, Tom Hiddleston's wife, that she got cast in, in an utterly forgettable villain role, which is a MCU problem for a lot of villains. A lot of one-and-dones with villains, and that's and that's a challenge. And, and her her arc wasn't the focal point. Like, even Thor Love and Thunder, which I think is a bad Marvel movie in the scope of Marvel movies. Like, I did not like it. But we got a better picture of why Gorb the God Butcher was Gorb the God Butcher. We kind of, sort of, have Z, Got a reason why, you know, our, our character was motivated the way that they were but it wasn't
4: that, but sure completely got a reason yeah it was a thousand percent.
3: I'm not saying she didn't have a reason I'm saying it wasn't fleshed out you you talked about not like I don't think it was fleshed out very well at all we got I'm mad at her because she went and destroyed this and dropped in thro- a thing and that's my soul like again she destroyed the, their planet yes, you, she
4: you didn't the destroy planet. their
3: planet yes, she sure. no she didn't destroy their planet she destroyed their mainframe and left them in a civil war. They destroyed, destroyed their blended. planet. No, they, they did her. it to you're them right. themselves. Oh, you're right. they, they blamed, blamed her. her. My she point that
0: is, and their sun didn't work anymore, so therefore they didn't have any because water. Because
3: they did right. it to they each had other,
0: or that's why they had to go get the sun in the water. And I'm the and one who had the, the issues way, with the movie, right?
3: right? like they're yelling at me just because I said, like but I just felt like he deserved more. We think but, you're
0: wrong. Like we thought Ray was wrong before the show.
3: Yeah, right. I mean, yeah, but you yeah, guys are wrong, and that's different. But anyway, also, I, am I the only person who was like, wow, this is kind of the plot of Spaceballs with
0: the atmosphere, stealing the atmosphere, right?
3: stealing the air
0: and after the frickin, uh, you know, foreign credits, that would been great. Like, fuck just you know, I hate what okay, um, I want to see.
3: OK, I just felt like they could have done more with that if they really wanted to make it about that problem. It was very much to me because. Carol did like, she made this promise to the scrolls to like help them. And she kind of did that to the point where they were like, you're not helping us. Stop helping us. They, she, she did do a horrible thing under the misguided notion of doing what was right because she was angry and immature 30 years ago, basically. Um, And, and again, but it was about her like leaving and being gone. It was about, it's about Carol and her like detachment from everything and everyone even nick fury to an extent like she's kind of there and that was you know she left a little girl behind that that she talked about as if it was her niece or daughter like there was a familial relationship she promised she'd, she'd be back and then didn't come back like that that was the emotional weight of of the movie i think critics missed that i think critics didn't understand that um i personally loved all of the goofy that was shown in that whole musical planet, all of it—the parade through town, the whole deal. Because, what's that?
0: I love that too. I really did. And the reason
3: why musical
0: special for that. The reason
3: why. Just check it. All right. Just want to make sure I don't cut you off again. The the reason why I appreciated and loved it is is the same reason that I've always appreciated Shazam, and that is is that they took this thing, uh, one. It, to me it adds depth to just the kind of the greater universe out there and marvel that there's this world where people primarily communicate through song and dance and that's what they do and if you all remember when we watched the trailers we thought that was going to be something that was very much interconnected with kamala's culture like we thought that was on earth like we thought that was on earth in the trailers. so when they when they kind of flipped that script on us, it was like oh all right i and, and as a theater kid i love musicals that was great um and then, of course, the, the flirkin, uh consuming, I heard you know the little O'Dowd say that he loved, that was like his favorite scene, the fact that they're playing Memory from the musical Cats while wow, that is happening, died. Just died. Hilarious. Ate it up for breakfast. And at the end of the day, it brings Carol back a little bit more towards people she should be back with and connected to. And I agree that Ms. Marvel is a big reason she's the catalyst for bringing them all together. And she is the heart and soul of this trio and and really is the one that kind of helps be the go between, between Monica and Carol and allows them to then finally start to hash it out and heal. I wish they would have done more with the mind melding thing with again, like I wanted more of Monica calling Carol out. And I wonder if that got left behind on the cutting room floor. Uh, I just, I wonder because those are the things that I really appreciated out of this, and of course, then Monica being the one who ultimately repairs the universe or the multiverse. I, I
5: I wanted to say one thing. I liked how they and go through Ray. the whole movie. Kamala goes through the whole movie trying to come up with a name for Monica, but you never hear photon or anything like that. It never never comes out. I thought that was uh
4: that was kind of fun. S- so Patrick touched on something that I think Dave and given your situation, you may have missed. I think a lot of people have missed. Carol is the bad guy in this movie. Yes, Darbin plays the traditional role because she's the antagonist, but the bad guy is Carol. N- not just for what she did before the movie, but look at the movie. When she caused the, the, squirrel, the Squirrel Cree meeting, treaty meeting, to go bad because she infiltrated their ship and started a fight. When she had to save the people, she tried to save the people, Kamala's trying to save more people and she cuts her off and they leave and Kamala's crying. Uh, when they're fighting on the, the water planet, she wants to stay and fight, but they try to leave. She's not realizing you might get these two people killed after you just told this girl mom and dad, I'ma keep her safe. Like Carol is the bad guy in the whole movie, on top of the fact the emotional core of her leaving Carol, um, um, her leaving um Monica. And if I'm Monica, you came back to see my mama, but you didn't come see me. She was dusted. Yeah,
0: when Good she point. was up there. Yeah,
4: you're right. You're right. You're right. You're right. But no, she wasn't, because she said she was in space when when she goes
3: back to visit her when she has cancer. It's after the blip.
4: No, it's not because because Mon- she died. No, they in the
3: say movie. they say they say it in the movie. They say in the movie that
4: um right before she, she died she, when she visits her in the movie. No again no if i'm wrong i apologize sincerely but no, I'm, she specifically I'm, she specifically says i'll keep the cat until monica gets back because she's dusted
3: and they're trying to They don't to get know her back.
4: but they don't know that they can get her back while they say that this was before she was in space monica because remember was in they, space when this they go happened.
3: they go to try to bring back the. i i i'm telling you they say that she was dusted at the time that it happened like they say it in the movie Dave's going to go back and watch it so he can... He Remind can, me. He can clarify. But I, I'm feeling pretty darn confident that... And I'm feeling just confident. ...that she wasn't there, that she, that she was dust. Because she dies of cancer while she's dusted, and she is clearly on the way out. But like, she's in the hospital the, the when piece. she died.
0: Dave, set an alarm for an hour and 11 minutes into the movie, okay?
3: Is that what it happens, <laughs> an hour and 11 minutes? I do fucking know. <laughs> well, we'll find out. But yeah. I, I really, I, at the very least, it seems pretty heavily implied... That that whole conversation and all of that comes back post dusting before everybody's it's come back. From bl- flick.
4: I, I I I I don't want to do this back and forth. It's Monica's it's mom who says that,
5: right? So yeah, I think it's, it's, it's Maria. She, she was under the belief that they were. I mean, she doesn't know how, but I don't think she. My impression of it was she did not think that this was a permanent. She's dead. It's just like they're gone. You know, when she she's going to be back one of these
4: days. If I'm wrong, I'd be glad to say I'm I'm wrong and I apologize. I am just as 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 positive you are that she this was when she dusted cuz Monica died in the hospital. Mean, Maria died in the hospital. Wasn't Monica by her remember, side when she got dusted though? It's important. Yes, it's in, that she was sitting there. That's why she when she came back she was in the chair. That's also important to remember. Monica said uh, Maria says the cancer's back, right? I mean again, if I'm wrong, uh, I'm wrong, I definitely felt like it was said that she was
3: dusted at the time so dave will dave will correct us we'll get it all figured out the, it's the, it's not the, worth drilling it's not worth drilling down sure, that part sure. on because it's there the point is is that the friction in their relationship is, is carol's
4: I, the, fault my favorite carol in any medium is unlikable piece of shit but i gotta do the right because only i can do the right thing carol and brie larson plays that fantastically um but she's the bad guy of this whole movie, which is why it was such a big deal for her at the end to not only just make things right, but after Monica gives up her quote-unquote life to save the universe, she still goes and fixes the damn uh, sun. Right. She you know, goes, she does right. do that.
0: Perfect. That reminds me. Can I give you my two things that I was, like, watching the movie going, okay, really? Uh, one was that point right there. She fixes the sun, right? And at some point in the movie... Monica goes, uh, Brie goes, or uh, Carol goes, I didn't know I could do that. And Monica goes, well, there's a lot of things I didn't know I could do before now. And I'm like, oh really? So now just all of a sudden we remember after all this time that you could have just fixed this problem uh, a long, long fucking time ago. That, and when Captain Marvel goes to save Monica Rambo and misses, and she's taking these gasps of air in outer space.
3: She's, uh, she's crying.
4: I don't know what to tell you. You can like, hear her breathing. There's no fucking air, Patrick. There isn't any. But she, but she can breathe in it. That's the point. How can like
0: you? She's breathe when there's no air. She just doesn't. You don't need. need
5: to, you don't need to breathe in Either, either it just you don't have to breathe or
0: yeah.
3: Uh, I, I, get. I if that's if that's the sh- if that's the shit you're 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 except, knitting, for, except for breathing in space. I mean, I'm, you're basically personifying yeah. that that persona like you're living that right there what did
5: uh, <laughs> what did retainer boy think of this movie pat
3: how would you think my retainer would float in space you
0: think it would get i think we can melt it would get melted by the sun <laughs> i got you buddy he's dying over there we're I gonna think kill gonna we're gonna okay. kill poor patrick he's before this show's he's starting, done Brad, he's like eggplant purple right now are I'm you fine. okay i tried
3: to breathe in space no i choked it, a little bit yeah um as it's been proven that carol danvers doesn't need Anything to fly through. She speaks. I mean, just to take this a little step further, like she talks in space all the time and you didn't have a problem with that, but like you have to breathe to talk anyway.
0: Because she can manipulate her vocal cords with vibrations. Oh, God.
3: Right. Well, she was crying and she was sad at the time and couldn't reach her daughter figure. And we should just embrace the moment. All right. Let's get to the end of this movie. There were two big moments, of course. We already talked about it a little bit. Ms. Marvel, who, one, just thrilled to be surveilled. <laughs> and and was just excited that there was intel on her. Um, uh, getting to uh start recruiting the young Avengers. We finally get our Young Avengers lead in as she is waiting inside the apartment of Kate Bishop, a la Tony Stark and Iron Man in the dark in her hoodie. It was adorable. Kate Bishop, welcome back. Loved her in the Hawkeye uh miniseries. Uh perfect place to to kick that off. What say all of you? David Ongar.
5: Uh this is one of the big moments when I when I messaged you guys after the movie and said the end and the post credit Daniel Bryan's yes gif. Uh this is huge because we've been complaining not complaining but kind of talking about how the MCU needed to take a major move forward. This is that major move forward. Getting the young Avengers involved uh is is moving towards whatever phase the Avengers are going to be involved in. And I know like Tony and I were actually, you know, it's not just me and Ray speaking privately. Tony and I were messaging privately as well about, you know, the young Avengers and who might be there. And you've got, you know, you've got Kamala. Now you've got Kate. You've got Maya Lopez, who's out there as well. You've got, um, you know, I think the rumor America Chavez, she's out there as well. So you've got four of the Young Avengers right there. The question is, who else do they bring in? Is Cassie Lang going to be there? I've been postulating to both Tony and Ray. I need to see Squirrel Girl involved in this whole thing. I mean, she <laughs> would be a tremendous counterpart to Kamala, and she's been a part of the Avengers and the Great Lake Avengers and the Young Avengers. But I, they'll probably she also
3: be- needs to be introduced. She hasn't showed up in the show. Well, series at I all. sent something. In I universe, sent something
5: to all. Ray that was kind of an interesting take on was Squirrel Girl actually. Kind of, sort of introduce, but whatever the case, getting the Young Avengers involved is going to be a a huge moment to really kind of push this forward on that street level sort of thing going on. I I expect I expect you know Kamala to show up and like Echo as well, doing the same sort of recruitment speech and that sort of thing. So I it's a it's a massive moment. Echo in, in and the lo- in the Young Avengers. Yeah, Maya's been in the Young
4: Avengers. She may be she was, but she may be a little too old. But Maybe. then. It's not it. even about
3: old, it's about tone, man. Like, what about,
4: uh, everybody did a shooter, bro. What about and Wanda's kids? Well, they're, they're not they're, in this universe yet. They don't exist yet, right. exactly. But, but Riri, they, Eli Bradley, yeah. We, right. coming. You know
3: who also has been mentioned, but we haven't ever seen? Um, just to go back to Rey's, uh love of Avengers Age of Ultron and everything that gets tied back.
4: Amadeus Cho exists. Dave. We take we've we seen Amadeus Cho. What? As Dave, I, I told him Amadeus am Joe.
5: mentioned that. Yeah.
3: Yeah, Amadeus Cho has been mentioned by his mother in Avengers: Age of Ultron. So like he exists. There's plenty of folks out there. You know, with the scrolls, Hulkling could be could be out there. Scar. Uh, Scar. on, on, on Earth. Earth. Scar. So there's a lot out there uh, that could happen with that one. And just it was a great it was a great way to end that movie for the first part go ahead
0: well kid loki
3: kid loki also possible loki has been a member of the young avengers before so that is another group uh another one that makes sense we'll have to wait and see like we'll have to we'll have to wait and see because this is this is what fans do we get excited um and then we we talk about everybody we hope will be on there let's get to the other moment the mid-credits scene where we get to see just where monica is she wakes up in a lab Shockingly, to her right is her mother, but it's not her mother. A doctor walks in, a blue furry doctor, looking for his tossed salad and scrambled eggs. As the kelsey grammer voiced beast of the X-Men, we talk about Charles. We are in a room with a big X-door. X-Men are here in the MCU, at least as part of this other multiversal world where monica rambo finds herself this could this this is going to connect a ton of stuff we know that x-men 97 is coming to disney plus uh soon as well we've been hankering for we know deadpool and its multiversal romp may be the only mcu movie coming out next year and so this could be huge there with those characters coming about we already know that we have one um wolverine as a part of that deadpool movie so and, and then i'm forgetting who monica's mother is in this uh, binary. Uh, binary. binary binary yeah binary so that and that is who she is i um, wearing her suit with the logo of her of her call sign right there on her chest does not know who monica is monica does not know who she is interesting place to leave that off tunny you made the nipples uh, sign so
0: oh yeah, that was for something else. I can't remember what that was. But something I read Kelsey about like, out and Crumbled. Oh, that was probably it. Yeah, I could recognize that voice right away. But like Maria Lambeau as, as binary in the other um universe, isn't that like multi- whatever, multiverse? I read somewhere like that's like Carol Danvers opposite in that universe or something like that. So it all really connects really well. I don't right, it's,
3: she, can, she is sometimes considered – in Earth 616, she's considered a Carol Danvers duplicate. 616 is what they consider. So here's in the MCU, other thing, this too. This is not it. Isn't, isn't there – no, this is not – so you don't think that that's what,
0: where we're going at all? Because isn't there a Miles Morales connection there, too, with Monica Rambeau?
4: Different Earth. No. Okay. And they have no connection. But I, I think the I, reason why Maria didn't rec- – or why – binary recognizer is because it's not maria rambeau that's actually that that universe is carol danvers she just is a black woman yeah well but she's yeah she's maria's doppelganger though yeah yeah which but we also saw in um multiverse of madness that captain marvel of that universe right was maria Rambo. and even and it, again little things that matter that most people don't catch carol says to her i wish you would have taken that ride and got these powers. And Maria says, I don't need to be Captain Marvel. So right. they're intrinsically intertwined.
0: Before I forget, and I think you're going to move on to a different subject anyway here, Zenobia Shroff, Kamala's mom, that woman is awesome. Every scene she's in, she steals the scene. She is so excellent. I, I love her. I, I think she's amazing. I hope she's a part of whatever they do for Young Avengers. And I can't see why she wouldn't be.
3: I, she that, that whole family it was oh, it was awesome. It's like that so whole well, it, was awesome.
0: It's it's I can't that's like you said, I don't understand why people didn't like Ms. Marvel. did she,
4: she's brown and Muslim. Cool.
0: I'm white. I mean he's and not female. Wrong. and female glad too, right? I'm, I'm white I'm, and
4: Christian with atheist
0: practices, so what do you want me to do?
4: I'm I'm glad <laughs> us four are truly like so what? But a lot of people that mattered, unfortunately, and it's sad, but you can't help but watch that girl for five minutes and fall in love with her. Oh, she's amazing. Um, also, um, speaking of that post-credit scene, while I appreciate that it's Kelsey's voice, man, I sure I appreciated the look a whole lot more than the shit he did when he was in the singer verse. Like he looked more like the beast I know than yeah. I got this makeup with my blue sideburns. No, like he was beast. He was really, truly beastness.
3: Well, he was. He was CGI, right? yeah.
0: For sure, that's fine. No, like. Frazier is. Oh, that's going to be amazing. It's Frazier.
3: It's right, not Dave, the beast. It's Frazier. Dave gets the way in now, and it's beast. It's not Frazier stuff. It's um, um.
5: No, it's a, it's a not huge. Fraser. It's a huge moment, and I know I've read somewhere on there. It's like, well, this isn't the first time that we've seen the X Men in the MCU because they were in multi or uh, multiverse of madness, and I'm like, that's not the same because. It's a post-credit scene and post-credit scenes in the MCU have traditionally been moving the story forward, revealing something about the story that wasn't in the movie itself. And I think that adds some gravitas to this scene where they're talking. Charles, you see the X-Men, you even get the X, the music from X2 is in here at the end of this whole thing. Beast is there. Hank McCoy. It's just like, yeah, I, I can't. I, I think it's it. it is. I would say that more so, much more so than Multiverse of Madness, this is the official introduction of Mutants, or not Mutants, X Men into the MCU happened right here. Um, that makes it a game changer. And that's really all I got to say about it.
3: By the way, America Chavez, also a fun, even though not necessarily canon addition to the Young Avengers, would be a good one. I mentioned Avengers. her.
4: Mentioned Cassie America. Lane. Yep. She, even, she even mentioned Cassie, Cassie talking to Kate. Um, to that point, you mentioned about um, X-Men's entrance into th- actual entrance. Again, little things about movies that because they weren't like they didn't get the conversation or the critical love that, that, that people thought they were going to get. Multiverse of Madness directly spoke about incursions. And we just saw the beginning of an incursion with yep. with Kane coming, who's essentially going to create incursions to destroy all all of time. We're we're getting in we we have officially this movie has officially get everybody who complained about we don't know where this is going. This movie put all that together for me in, in my opinion. Because you saw the incursions happening and what could happen with the incursion. You saw someone actually go to another universe and see not just dream walking, but literally walking in another universe. You know what I'm talking about? And you saw all these other people who we've been waiting to see, particularly just beasts now. Existing like all everything that we've been building to, the only thing that wasn't spoken of that also was built into was the Celestials. We'll get to that eventually, but like in terms of Kang and time and the multiversal war and all this, you're seeing it happen now. And I think we've finally had our direction. I
3: I think that yes, this is a this is the but between Loki season two, episode six, and this film here, we got a lot of movement forward that I think a lot of Fans and even people like myself and Dave have been wanting to, to get out of the last couple of efforts. And so I, I agree with you there, Ray. Tony, the last thought, and then we're going to go to our last conversation.
0: I think hardcore fans who did it right and finished Loki and then went and watched this movie uh, are are along the lines of this last couple that sat through the entire foreign credits like I did. And I was up at the top in the back row, and they were kind of in the middle in the front, and I could hear them talking, and I'm getting up and heading out. And now uh, the lights are on, and everybody else is gone. Some people still leave b- before the end credit scene, and I was like, wanted to yell to them, and I didn't. Nope. um That's you still. But I it. said, how'd you like it? And the guy said, oh, I loved it. And then he didn't say much after that. And the and the lady, they were probably like 60, and she goes, you know, after the uh, emotional kind of hard finish to Loki, this is exactly what I needed. I had a blast.
3: And I thought that was really poignant. It was, and uh, you know I, I'm not going to belabor the box office uh, to wrap this up. I I'm going to walk away and say I you know I think the question was can this maybe have a life like Elemental? I hope so. Um, I there's you know the hol the holiday season. I don't know that there's much coming out next week. I hope that local like human word of mouth is better than listening to what I would say has been just an unnecessarily negative response to this movie. I feel like it got the Blue Beetle treatment. Blue Beetle was, I feel a little unfairly uh run down by, by critics and media as well. And it's just it's I don't see what they see out of that film. And you know, I think that if I were to ask around, even with Dave and his seven out of ten, it was fine. Um this is a this is a nerd approved film. You know, you know Tony's giving it a nine. Uh, You know, I enjoyed it up there with with a little doubt and and have it at eight out of ten ish. Like it's not the greatest Marvel film of all time, but I had a damn good time watching it. And I think, you know, we can universally agree it's nerd approved. All right. We got one last big topic that we're going to talk on, uh, talk on before we get out of here. We're going to take a quick commercial break and then we are going to talk about how, unfortunately, I have to admit that Tony was right. And our long National Actors Guild nightmare is over. You are listening to Bandwagon Nerds on the ChairShot Radio Network, part of the ChairShot.com. Promotional consideration paid for
4: by the following.
0: Hey, folks, PC Tony here. Thanks to our new partnership with Angry Lemonade, you can save 10% on physical products and digital commissions using the promo code CHAIRSHOT. Head to angrylemonade.net to check out their amazing catalog of products and services. Use the promo code CHAIRSHOT to save 10%. That's angrylemonade.net.
3: All right, welcome back, everyone, to Bandwagon Nerds. Patrick O'Dowd, PC Tunney, Dave Ungar, Ray Cash, all sitting around here talking nerdy stuff. If you love what we're doing, don't forget, ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash the chair shot. Get that Bandwagon Nerds swag if you are the next person to buy a shirt, which Greg DeMarco has committed to telling us when that purchase happens so that we can, indeed, thank you on the show. We will do it. And maybe we'll have PC Tony do it because I don't know. He's all right. Let's like real quick, Tony. This is for you. Congratulations, you were right. (laughs) As PC Tony Long was banging the drum back in the early months of 2023, that when these when the writer strike and then eventually the actor strike came to pass. That a deal would eventually be reached before Christmas. It is November 12th as we record this, and the actor strike has ended. The SAG after strike ended as an agreement was reached and has hit the first phase of ratification votes and is expected to get through with no problem. Some of the highlighted points. Uh, For this agreement is more than a billion dollars in new wages and benefit plan funding for actors, a streaming participation bonus, minimum compensation increases that break the so-called industry pattern. For the first time, consent and compensation guardrails on the use of AI. That is huge because there was some real Darth Vader emperor bullshit going on with how they wanted to use AI and and actors, especially dead actors, uh, raise the pension and health caps that will channel more value into their funds and critical protections for diverse communities. So SAG members will remain active in conversation around the responsible use of AI, including its emerging prominence as a political issue. Um, Board gave the agreement 86% approval, it'll go out to the union's nearly 160,000 members who will then vote on whether to ratify the contract. That's where we are now. If it goes through, it will go into effect as an official agreement. Uh, And then that happened relatively quickly because Kevin Bacon was dancing to Footloose on an Instagram video, which has gone viral around the news, uh, news cycles. Uh, we talked about uh, Tom Hiddleston being able to talk about low key, uh, while on the Jimmy Fallon show, uh, this is a great news for conventions. We don't have to listen to and McGregor tell us about his laundry list and stuff like that. So uh, good news. High fives all around. As Dave would say, uh, neither side got everything they wanted, which usually means the agreement is fair. Correct, Dave?
5: That is absolutely correct. If you're not happy with the agreement, it's probably a good agreement.
3: I think they're happy enough. They I are think ha- the a- they're I think happy-ish,
5: and that's all that
3: counts. Right. The uh, the AI thing is 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 going to continue. Like that that issue is by no means dead, and, and so I would anticipate that continue to go. But let's, uh, let's let Tony brag for a second. Congratulations, Tony! Your your thoughts that we finally have actors that can get back to work. I just know this means that Dune can finally be released.
0: I um, I'm glad we're back here. I'm glad for those people. Right? Like I mean, when when it comes down to it, the holidays are are something that is really meaningful. I know. I want to go back and mention some real life things for people like in middle class and lower class. And I know for a fact from people that I know that during COVID when they were, they were having a hard time dealing with all the unemployment claims. And finally they just didn't have enough people, but like two weeks before Christmas, they released a whole ton of them that they had not even seen just to make sure people had enough money that they could go get Christmas presents and shit for people. So the power of the holidays and, and family and things of that nature is, is is pretty powerful, not to mention the power of being able to make a whole shit ton of money during the holidays with brand new content. Um, that's another thing. Don't think the studios didn't understand that they have a really big opportunity to collect a big paycheck as we move forward into Thanksgiving and
4: Christmas.
3: Great cash. Weigh in on this deal.
4: Well, it was. I I feel like it was only a matter of time once the studios uh, came to a deal with the writers that SAG would have to. Would they'd have to break off SAG too? Um. But we've spoken on this show and many other episodes about how no matter how much money these franchise these uh studios make, we make the joke all the time. Well, Disney may be getting sold to Apple, right? Disney is looking at selling ESPN. Warner Brothers is selling off. Properties and 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 uh getting rid of shows for tax write-offs. So no matter, no matter how much money they're making, because they're making money hand over fist. One thing you can say for sure definitively that they're losing money on was these strikes because stuff wasn't coming out like it should have or it could have. They're having to push things back, they're having to do reshoots. Um, the next topic we're gonna talk about is the MCU brand uh brand new world, Captain America's being reshot. They couldn't have done that before. Now they have to add it to the next year's docket. That's more money um so it only behooved them to to go ahead and 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 break them off and come to a deal and yes if if you felt like you didn't you felt like you got gypped it's a good deal for the other other part but again i'm gonna say the same thing i said last time when the writers got got they got their deal if you're going to hold out make if you're going to make these people hold out and do a work stoppage and end up giving them what they wanted the entire you are stupid. So, like, if if I'm David Zaslav, if I'm Bob Iger, if I'm uh the ghost of Steve Jobs, whoever's over Apple TV, all these people. I'm looking at myself in the mirror like I'm a dumbass. You I don't see how you can't. Because you just screwed yourself out of billions of dollars for this strike that lasted months just to give the people who striked what they wanted in the first place. Mapping, it deserved. Map. It deserved. Like oh, more than anything deserves. So, yes.
3: Um yeah, let's uh, let's get into a couple of the instant impacts that we we saw. We got a couple of news bites. We've talked about it. Uh, a couple of you have Dave, or not Dave, uh, Tony, and Ray, and Dave. Every I think all of us have talked about it. Um, Marvel is is heavily impacted by this uh, and this strike. As we learned this week, that the only MCU film that will arrive in twenty twenty four is going to be the Deadpool movie, Deadpool three. Uh, Captain America Brave New World, as Ray was just talking about, pushback for reshoots uh, was originally supposed to be coming out in July 26, 2024. It will now be coming out much later than that, 2025. Thunderbolts was originally dated for December 20th, 2024. It is pushed back into 2025. Now, that doesn't mean that those are the only Marvel films you're going to get. Oh, no. Because kids, don't worry. Don't you worry. We're still getting. Madam Web and Craven the Hunter from our good friends at Sony and Venom 3. So, yes, no. (laughs) But yes, yes, that that desperate attempt by Sony to cash in on every villain in the Spider-Man universe. Um, I still haven't seen Morpheus. I'm never going to see Morpheus. By the way,
4: Patrick, it is important to note that while that's the only movie coming out, Echo still coming out yeah
3: but in theaters i think is what they're getting at like film no part. right right
4: but i'm just saying yeah. marvel isn't just doing nothing like we have right like four, right, right uh shows coming oh. out before which is actually good for the studio for, if you guys think about it because we talk we've talked for weeks about the possibility of superhero fatigue <laughs> this right. may help i i
3: agree with you and i think dave um was going to say a little bit on that too i i do think that this is a a, a reset opportunity for marvel movies um and, and, yeah, just an opportunity to slow things down a little bit. And maybe, for me, whether it's how we feel about the quality of the films that are coming out in terms of story and what's being done, I'm hoping that this all also just is a better working condition for the folks that make these movies visually and, and put these movies together. Because I will concede that the undue stress that was being put on VFX teams To make these movies work will will be eased by by this change in schedule at least in the short term hopefully they see it for what it is and it goes that way in the long term dave your thoughts on what we've got in terms of mcu movies deadpool 3 being it for for 2024
5: i think it's a um it's a best case scenario for marvel i i think you know like the old the old saying you don't know what you got till it's gone And right now you just got this glut of stuff and superhero fatigue is is a real thing. And, you know, I kind of go back to remember when the pandemic was real big and we lost all those movies. And then they released WandaVision to critical acclaim, Falcon and Winter Soldier, critical acclaim the first season of Loki, because people were missing all this stuff. And you weren't looking at it with, oh, here's another one of these things. And I had something else I got to watch. So I think this is kind of their chance to go back to that. And hopefully maybe learn something from what they did the last time. Look, maybe we need, let's space this stuff out a little bit more. We don't need to catch up right away. Yes, we lost money, but let's be honest. They didn't lose anywhere near the amount of money that they lost from the pandemic from this strike, not even remotely close. So they're not in that same position. We got to make this money back as quickly as we can. They have an opportunity to kind of approach this differently, maybe a little bit more you know, more slowly, space things out try and get people reengaged, and not have this glut of content that people just get burnt out on. So I I think this is great for Marvel. I think this will really help them. 2025 is going to be a a banger of a year for content. And I'm fine with letting this thing play out a little bit more.
3: Well, yeah. um, The other bit of news that we got uh, came from James Gunn himself, who was thrilled to announce that his film, uh, his upcoming Superman film, Superman Legacy will not lose its original release spot. It is going to still be able to go come out on July eleventh, twenty twenty-five. Ray giving it a big double thumbs down. What can
4: day was that, Superman? Patrick?
3: July eleventh, twenty
4: five. Oh, that's a birthday! It's hey. a birthday.
0: It's a birthday, Ray. Birthday.
3: Eh, you give it two yeah, thumbs down. To see Superman Legacy.
5: He's gonna be there. He can thumbs down at all he wants. He's he gonna be there. The fuck I'm not.
3: So we know that Ray will be missing that edition of bandwagon nerds when we discuss that movie
4: on this show. Uh and we'll just have to be okay with that. I'll watch the movie, but I don't care. I'm I'm not
3: no. That's this is Dave's wheelhouse. Superman is Dave's, and everybody knows that. Tony's kind of there too. No, I okay. I'm sorry. Find someone who loves you as much as Dave Ungar loves Henry Cavill/slash Superman. And if it's Henry Cavill as Superman. Just back up. Like, look at his—he went into dream world right there when I said it. His yeah. eyes drifting it's more, up. It's as more he Superman about than Henry
5: Cavill. World. I mean, that Superman's my uh-huh. favorite. So,
0: well, his well, eyes. Tony's the same way with Flash
4: and Grant Gustin. So, oh yeah, that's true. I'm not. There's no way. That's not at the same level.
5: Tony, you'll always be my. you'll always be my Barry.
4: Yeah.
3: You didn't. You didn't preach for like three years about the personification of love. Anyway. Um Paragonab.
0: Yeah, Paragon.
3: Here's the thing. Um, there was time. It's not like James Gunn needed to stop working on writing the script for the movie that he was doing. Like, so yay, I I actually love the game that James Gunn is playing here. Being like, we couldn't we didn't need a delay. No delay for us. You're getting your DC content on time, baby. See what Marvel's doing. We're not doing that. Ha ha. Winners.
4: When's the movie come Friday? out
3: again, Patrick? Uh, somebody's birthday, July 11th, 2025.
4: 2025, though. Two years yeah. from now. That's what I'm saying. Fr- That's what so I'm saying. So we're That's on point. Thing. It's a yeah. Friday.
5: That was the plan, Ray. They didn't have to push it back or delay it. So he's like, hey, we're still business as usual over here. at are f- on time. Fucked up land, also known as Warner Brothers.
3: Pay no, pay no attention to that. Um, and then it's going to get made and then never released. It'll get shelved. It'll be right next to back. Come on, Patrick. Where are we going, Tony? What's
0: happening? If you're driving, we're going to Pessimusville.
3: I'm driving. The car. I'm kidding. I'm just playing. We know that movie's coming. All right, let's. It, we are we are well past two hours. Not bad for a three-topic show. Let's head into our final little segment and ask that question. What you watching? Hey, Tony. What you watching?
0: I dude, nothing else besides what we talked about this weekend. It's been a, a barn burner, but, uh, one thing related to the actor strike. And I, I know we tried not to mix a lot of the stuff we do on the network, but scene is done. Actor strikes over. Do we still get rock at, uh, mania 40 is a big question in that world. And that does have to do with the actor strike. And then the last thing before we get out of here today, and I won't, I won't talk anymore until we get the, you know, give us your go home stuff. Um, Shout out to Brie Larson and her um superhero suit because that fit really well in a certain place and it just made my fucking day.
4: I mean Tiana Perez too, because Tiana Perez got a little did more. You, did you need to Sarnarius do an no,
0: That was good too, but like I was just like, oh Tony, my god. Did goodness you want to do Dave, the
4: first Dave, ever Yeah, in...
0: <laughs> Dave, you don't you don't, Dave, don't don't we'll save it for another day. But you know the two, you know the six letters I was
3: looking for. David Ungar, what you watch?
5: Well, the, Tony will appreciate this. We, the wife and I, went back to Arrowverse. Finished season one of The Flash. Tremendous. Finished season three of Arrow, which was fantastic as well. Um, Those shows are so good. And it, it just, whenever I watch them, it pisses me off. I'm like, why couldn't the DCEU capture any of this? A- any of the soul or the heart or the greatness of these shows? I just, it's frustrating. That's that's all I got.
4: Ray Cash, what you watching? So... Um, I did not get to catch all of SNL last night with Timmy Chalamet, but I've heard some decent things. Um, but, you know, uh, Jason Momoa is next week, so that should be fun. Um, but um, season, for, season finale is coming up. Season finale of Power, uh, of book four or three, the one with Tommy, um, Force, that just came out. But the season and maybe series finale of The Morning Show. Came out this past week, so uh, I'm, I'm imagining this. The way it ended, the series probably over. But so Reese Witherspoon, um, Jennifer, Jennifer Aniston. Aniston, thank you. Uh, yeah, it was fun. It was a fun three seasons. Um, surprised got you out seasons, there with Apple.
3: You gotta have an Apple subscription for that one, kids.
4: Apple so. TV, yeah. So that's m- that's why Tony's m- making
3: that face over there. M-
4: and and to be fair, uh-huh. Apple TV was sold on the backs of morning show and ted lasso and they done so where we go from here but um other than that nothing major going on right now that i can think off the top of my head well uh
3: i'm desperately hopeful that severance will, will kick back up now that the strikes are over because that adam scott led show fucking blew my mind on apple tv and i need it back it's so good Little O'Dab and I, speaking of Apple TV, will be watching a Charlie Brown Thanksgiving this week because we will not be home for Thanksgiving. Next weekend, we will be off in Orlando hanging out with the mouse for Thanksgiving week. And while television, you know, while we'll have computers and stuff there, watching it on our our smart TV seems like the better answer. I also am kicking off my viewing of season two of Invincible, as well as jumping into uh, Doom Patrol. And. For the show and also that uh, series that I've been pushing on you guys that you all said you're not going to watch Blue Eyes Samurai is now available on Netflix to watch as well. Very excited to check that out and give you all my thoughts and feelings about it. So, all right, that's going to do it for this week's edition of Bandwagon Nerds. Housekeeping question. Since
5: you won't be here next week. How many episodes of Doom Patrol? Just one a week? or
3: One. All right. One. Nobody is talking about Doom Patrol to where you need to binge watch Doom Patrol. Nobody is bitching and moaning that the episodes have have run and been watched. We can do this one by one, Dave. Don't try to force that evil.
4: Are we starting next week or are we starting when you get back? Next week. week. Okay.
5: Pick up episode seven is where the season picks up. The first six were the first half. So we're coming in at episode seven. Got it,
3: gentlemen. The end of Doom Patrol 2. The finale of it all all right that is now going to do it for this week's edition of bandwagon Nerd. uh before we get out of here let's do our quick once around tell everybody where to find you out there in the socials this week we will start with raymond s cashington the 33rd
4: well uh you could ask me questions on uh ask.fm slash it's ray cash r-a-y-z-m-studio c-a-s-h as in dollars maybe on some other social media platforms that you can probably figure out uh but i'm out here you know Hoping that these Ravens don't just, yeah, they would probably choke the game away. But other than that, it's been a fantastic week for uh, entertainment. So go entertainment.
3: PC Tony.
0: Yeah. Follow me at PC Tony. Continue to listen to everything Chair Shot Radio Network, sports, entertainment, and of course, sports entertainment. We got you covered. And uh, go to ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash the Chair Shot and buy that bandwagon nerds shirt so Patrick can smile again.
5: David Ungar. God damn it. Patrick's Shawn Michaels. He's lost his smile. Oh, my God. Uh, you can find me on the X Twitter at crap. Attitude Ag, That is at Attitude A-G-G. com slash Attitude of Aggression. Instagram and threads at Attitude of Aggression, all one word. And, of course, if we have pissed you off with uh, anything we've said or if you want to comment on Patrick's fake-ass smile, make sure you send your hate tweets to at it's me DPP. How come, Tony?
0: I don't know. I, I couldn't tell you. I'm scared. Patrick scared me.
5: I know that, that, that's, that's like that movie smile, but worse sort of thing.
3: Well, I'll say it for you. Fuck that guy. And you can catch me like on that the Twitter wrestling that Reels, guy, at wrestling. I'm trying to close the show now. Show shows over. Trying to close show. This is why Greg doesn't do it on his podcast, by the way. Yeah. Keep talking. Anyway, at wrestling, realist at W R E S T L N G R E A L I S T. Follow me on the X Twitter. You can follow that on threads. You can follow that on Insta. It's all there. Um, make sure you catch me every Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday on the Chairshot Radio Network. Monday's talking nerdy stuff. Tuesday's talking hockey. Wednesday's talking wrestling. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Now get yourself out of the basement. Get some sun. And go watch the Marvels. It's a great movie. It's a great movie. And you all should watch it. Enjoy it. Have some fun. You've been listening to Bandwagon Nerds here on the Chairshot Radio Network, a part of the Cheershot.com. Intergalactic, planetarium,
1: planetarium, intergalactic, intergalactic, intergalactic
4: Change the equation, I'll break your loom. Um, but the loom prevents a brutal war where nothing survives, keep, Not even the sacred timeline. Okay, let's try it this way. Every, every moment of peace you've ever experienced was yours because I was here alone at the end of time keep a watch I understand you wanna break the law what do you think would happen to your friends Hmm. I made the tough choices, that's why I get the big chair. I keep her safe. Can't you see what I'm offering here is mercy? For me, or for you? No. I'll find another way. Okay. And around and around and around we go.
2: Save big on brunch for mom. All in the Kroger app.